hey, is this thing on? Great, it'll only take a second. <clears throat> Izumi-kun, ohio! My name is Gigi, and I'm a new first-year student. I have a couple of important announcements, so let me hijack this morning assembly from the student council, okay? The Dump Talk podcast you're about to hear contains strong language and adult situations, so listener discretion is advised. Don't blame me if your kids have to wear earmuffs for the rest of their lives, all right? Also, this podcast may contain spoilers for any anime, especially Citrus, so be aware if there's one you have yet to finish. What's up with that sour face you're making right now? The views and opinions expressed in the show are those of the individual students and do not represent Dub Talk as a whole. So if you think everything I say is the same thing that Mr. Amamiya might say, (laughs) wrong. And finally, speaking of our dear friend Mr. Amamiya, I definitely saw him making out with a student on school grounds. It was not consensual, and I heard his phone conversation with his side chick, so I'd watch his wandering hands, ladies. Oh, and this is very, very important. Never, ever, 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 ever grab for low-hanging fruit. I'm kind of a big deal around here, so you should totally listen to everything I say. And mic drop. one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast that is sweet and sour with critiquing English dubs. I'm the resident lime, Jamal, and with me today is the old true loves Pope, Gigi. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yes. Man, the Catholic Church has gotten really progressive these days. <sighs> good God. <laughs> you would. Here we go. Oh boy, okay. And interrupting us. And interrupting us is our resident sour person at times, the lemon Noah Clue. Sour? What are you talking about, man? I am nothing but sweet, bubbly champagne all the time. And may I just say, this orange juice is absolutely delicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have our resident kumquat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andrew. <laughs> you, you you call me a kumquat, wow. And I was going to keep it clean for this segment, but you know what? Who's ready for some non-con, cis-con action, everybody? Alright. Yes. Yay. And in case you couldn't tell by the fruit references, tonight we'll be covering the dub of citrus. Wait, 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 po- wait, 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 hold on a second. I thought we were talking about Peach Girl. Man, fuck you, Peach Girl. Hey! Aww. Next time, Noah, <laughs> me and you. Yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, Citrus, the Pope Yuri Shoujo trash melodrama based on the graphic novel by Sabo Uta and eliminated by Studio Passion. Passion, yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> I thought it was pa- I thought it was Passion. No, if it was Passion, there'd be an accent mark at the end. Okay. Yes, and for those new to the anime, here's the story for you. Fashionable Yuzu imagined the first day in her new school she transferred to after her mother's remarriage a bit differently. She didn't know it'd be an ultra-restricted conservative girl's school, so instead of a sweet high school romance, she butts heads with the stern student council president May, <laughs> who turns out to be a new stepsister. Oh boy. 
Uh, been there, done that. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking about all the ways you could do this as a very wacky, like, Rob Schneider scenario, where it's like, <laughs> leave, you, leave Rob Schneider out of this, man. And our our main well, girl, Yuzu, is a party girl ready to take the town for itself, but then her mom gets remarried, <laughs> and she has to go to this stuck-up private academy where she can't dress up the way she wants to, and her new sister is the student council president. And she has... And she has to learn that hate and attraction are not often not that far apart. Remember, Yuzu, spaghetti is straight until it gets wet. I can't believe you went there so early in the night. Come on, man. Sorry, I'm a little premature sometimes. It happens to the best of us. Full disclaimer, in case, the, in case the disclaimer that goes before us up so it wasn't the tip-off, we have no shame, we have no censors, we have no limits whatsoever. But This is the group, I'm so happy to work with you people, I think we should do I'm done, I'm done, I'm sorry, Jamal. I need a safe word. <laughs> the safe word is teddy bear. Okay, great. Oh, good God. Yes, yeah, so as always, we're going to be going over Funimation's cast list from A to Z, discussing our predictions, who's actually cast, and give our thoughts on the performances. So, y'all ready to do this? I'm ready oh, to yeah. do this. Alright. He doesn't make any more wet jokes, I'm good. Oh, good God. So, as always, we're going to kick things off with the ADR director and scriptwriter. So, who'd like to start? Um, I was thinking in regards to ADR director, I didn't have any predictions for script. I was thinking of somebody who might be available to possibly do, like, a little more, like, raunchier and or, I guess, you could say more uncomfortable material that some people may or may not be used to. And I saw Jerry Jewell was already confirmed for a show before I started making my prediction, so I figured he's probably busy with something else as well as another show, since he's doing double duty. I thought, you know what? You know who hasn't done a show of her own at Funimation yet? Brittany Lauda. I thought this would have been a good show. I thought this would have been a good show to give her her first lead director spot at Funimation. That is a really good prediction, and I'm really sad that I didn't make it. And she's definitely got directing skills already, but you're serious she hasn't done one for Funimation yet? No, uh, she's done. She's, she's, she's been pretty much assisted. Role. Right. Okay, so yeah, this would have been a good place to start her off with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right. I didn't I didn't have any directing and writing roles on this because I kind of knew that about the show's reputation going into it, but because uh, I expected sort of a raunchier show like all the time through, I had a prediction. But then as I started watching the sub and I saw the, the shades of melodrama that went into it as well, I kind of crossed out predictions and rewrote ones. And by the time the first episode was over, I really didn't know who could handle the the flip-flopping of emotions on this. So I, I just said, I don't know. I'm not even going to be able to take a guess on director or scriptwriter. Uh, All right. Full disclosure, I kind of got spoiled for most of the cast and crew of this due to my Twitter feed. Um, but so my predictions were half sort of guessing and half what I thought, like, you know, might work well. 
Um, so this was before I knew that Dave Trosco wasn't going to direct anything this season. But I was like, so this show is <laughs> this show is shoujo trashy. Like he's had he's had like the boy fan service these shows, and I was he's had the comedies, but I felt like this could be like a little bit more serious for him to sink his teeth into, other than All Out. Um, so I picked Dave Trosco. I was kind of hoping, but. And Jamal, but, did you have a guess? Yeah. I'm sure he had a few. Yeah, I had three for each, because the thing about this show is because of its reputation, mm-hmm. I figured a woman's touch is more appropriate, because the last thing you want is someone like Jerry Drew on this, and then you end up with another <laughs> three, and nobody wants that. Ouch. I'm sure no I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of a woman's touch as we go throughout the night. God damn it. Okay, you walked into that one. Who are you kidding, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, for I had Kristen McGuire as both director and scriptwriter because I pretty much loved the stuff she was involved in and I figured, you know, if anybody could handle the material it'd be somebody who worked under Sunny Straight. Sure, Andrew. So I placed okay. her here. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. I mean, if you can't get your vitamin C from the citrus, you might as well get it from the sunny. The sunny D. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! Uh. <sighs> we're children. We're all we're all going to confession after this. Rest assured. <laughs> No, I'm gonna put you in the dunk tank is what I'm gonna do. I ain't going to confession. Yay! Look, we're, tank! we're all gonna be screaming oh god by the end of this anyway. <laughs> as as for the rest of my predictions, I figured you'd want someone who's lesser known or more prominent on these kinds of subjects, so I put Alexis Tipton for director. Mm-hmm. But that was before I found out she was doing assistant work on a couple other shows. I also okay. I also had Felicia because we we haven't really seen much of her lately. I figured though know, this might be my <laughs> ad. <laughs> I just saw something. What what's what? what's what's Felicia's role in My Hero Academia? Uh, Shut yeah. up. She... <laughs> we haven't. Oh, oh it god damn it! Already. Shut <laughs> up. Explain the joke. She's, She's the, the invisible, invisible girl. girl. <laughs> So she hasn't been seen for quite some time. Like, I thought you were going for that, Jamal. I thought you were bleeding. No, you moron. <laughs> we gotta make up the joke somehow. By the way, season three was confirmed today. Can't wait for it in a month. Yes. Yes. Where yes. we'll sweep the all of the anime awards again next year. Oh boy, we are not going there tonight. No, no. The, no, there's some taboos let's, we won't let's cross. Not. Let's go back to predictions. As for the rest of my script writers, I also had Caitlin Barr because well, the last thing I saw her write, she she did pretty good. That was the Code Geass OVAs. Okay. And I had to take a chance with Jamie Barkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. But you never know. No. Like, that was one of the ones I potentially wrote down as scriptwriter originally, but then I crossed it out. I'm like, this is a little more varied than traditional Jamie material. Yeah, let's not talk about the last Yuri show she did, because... So what... Which one? No, seriously, which one? Are you talking about uh, Yuri Kuma Arashi? I'm talking about Dragon Maid. Oh, okay. 
Anyway, as for who we actually have, somehow both of these were long shots that got the ride because the ADR directors, Kristen McGuire, and who you've seen in other works as she's only directed one other project that's gamer. She's she has the assistant work doing L Life and Suki Gakure. She is mainly known as a scriptwriter, however, doing the Gashikashi, Kankole, Love Life Sunshine, and half of the webulence that is Dance with Devils. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thankfully, there's no webulence this uh, in this show tonight, as script is being handled by Caitlin Barr. Who has written our other stuff is, as I mentioned, the Code Geass OVAs, Fake Collide Liner, Master Musume, School Life, and because this episode just recently came out, Haikyuu. Yeah! Get oh, she's done, oh, she's done some Sentai stuff I actually quite enjoy, alright. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get it, girl. So, yeah, get it, girl. Speaking of get it, girl, Gigi, what are your thoughts on directing and script writing? Um... So I really enjoy Kirsten McGuire as a director. She actually won my dubby th- this past year for uh, best simul dub for gamers because I thought her direction of it was fabulous. And honestly, here, I think she's doing an amazing job again. Um, she did a great job with the casting, um, especially May, who I will talk about later. Um I feel like she created a tone for this show that was a little more serious and a little less soapy. Um, And that's different from the Japanese, I think. But honestly, I feel like the tonal shift is much appreciated because maybe people will start to take this show a little more seriously. Yeah. Um, I think this anime has a lot of layers and a lot of undertones, a lot of overtones to deal with. She's doing a great job. Um, and just, I, I don't know exactly what she's doing because I haven't had a chance to watch any of her unlocked episodes. Um, but whatever coaching she's giving the actors to perform through scenes that they may or may not find uncomfortable, whatever it is, it's coming through in the acting. And she's doing a really great job with it. Um, as for my girl, Caitlin, I love Yuzu's dialogue. Oh my god, do I love Yuzu's dialogue. Um, It's It's great. It stays true to the Japanese, but it gives it an English spin. Um, She's so cute and unique, and I love it when she calls show daddy. It's so cute. (laughs) We'll talk more about that She's actually being sincere about saying daddy. I know she is. I know she is. I I love it all around. A plus, 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 two thumbs up. No. I kind of respect that the show actually uses the term daddy in the actual context. <laughs> Not in the context that I would use it, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Gigi, if you were casting the show, do you think you could pull off Yuzu's lines without, like, the overtones to it? No, absolutely not. Hello, we know who the daddy is here. Yeah, let's... We'll get to him. He'll get... It's more about mommies anyway when it comes to Citrus, so, you know. I know. I know. I gotta take the few boys. Look, I'm in another show with barely any boys in it, guys. I, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank Bear- you. You're branching out and doing stuff with other girls. Wait, that came out. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know if that fits the theme of tonight's show. Okay, that 
one was actually unintentional. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I think uh, if you don't have anything, anything else more to add to that, uh, I could give my thoughts if you want. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I sat on finishing Gamers for a while before finally getting around to watching it in full. And I am so glad I did because that is one of the funniest, most outrageous things ever. <laughs> it is a frustrating romance show, but it is an outrageous, outlandish comedy series. And God bless every single performance on that show. And ma- that's when I realized, man, Kristen, that's a, that's her first show. She's going places. And you know what? She does a really good job with Citrus, too. I'm going to be frank. I was not a big fan of the show, like, two episodes in, especially in the sub. I was not. I, I was, like, mixed on it. I was very, like, eh, eh, I don't know, man. But, honestly, I think the English, as well as, like, the direction, delivery, and performance of some of these actors in English made me more endeared to some of these characters than I think I was in Japanese. I think the script is really good, really interesting. Uh, like I said, it gives a lot of interesting lines to some of these characters that makes them very endearing but very much like i could hear people saying this to their friends or thinking this things which i'm not going to talk about some of these now because i kind of want to save them for their sections but i will say that the delivery of those lines and the writing on those lines both complement each other very well and I'm pleasantly surprised with the direction and the writing on this show. Well done to both of you. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah, I think what Kristen's saying is she manages to capture not only the sincerity of the characters, but manages to play well to their strengths. And especially works hand in hand with the writing, which I realize with the writing, it's kind of, it's like the two of them kind of have similar styles if you think about it. Whereas when we transition to the writing, Caitlin manages to play up the aspects very well of the characters. I mean, this is a show with LGBT themes, and she manages to capture that very well because, it ter- as I found out the other day, she herself is pansexual. And ha- we have, believe it or not, we have a pansexual character represented in this show, we'll, who, which we'll get to later. So, going off on her own experiences, she manages. She manages to make everything sound as noble as she could possibly care without it being off-putting, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I guess it's like a bit of... Alright, yeah, that must be interesting. To yeah. Work. Okay. It, like I said, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the directing, to which, thank God, Kristen manages to keep it noble, because in the Japanese, it comes off more like kind of gallish, if you think about it, which I'll talk about that later on, but... Come, wait, what do you mean comes off as Gallish? I mean, the archetype, well, well, you're talking about like the yeah. gal girl, like uh, the my first yeah. girlfriend is a gal stereotype. Yeah, that's okay. definitely present in the sub itself. But yeah, I'll yeah. agree with you, Jamal, in that there wasn't, if you didn't know about that archetype going into the show and you just watched the, the English version, you wouldn't get that valley girlish vibe off of the voice acting at all. You, you would just assume, you would just assume she's just like super trendy and just like wants to look hot as shit. Right. I love you, Zoo. Yes, yes, and she loves you we'll too. We'll get more, 
We'll get more into um, we'll get more into our undying love for Yuzu later, but first we should move on. Noah. So yes, uh, I'm coming at this from someone who loves to find the uh, the deeper themes in shows. So uh, kind of like uh, Andrew, I wasn't entirely sold on the show from episode one. I, I was going into it for the shock value more than anything else. Like I think I said on Twitter, yeah, episode one's good, but where's the come into my van, my windowless van full of candy kind of smut? Like I was looking for like full on oh, good God. anti, uh, you know, anti morality kind of. You content. mean you you didn't get that from the teacher? No, no, that was, I mean, it was unlikable, yes, but it wasn't smutty, it was just slimy. There, there's a difference. It was so lewd. Yeah, like, there, that kiss was yeah. so lewd. I loved right. it. So that was, so going into the English then, I, I was really impressed that they conveyed, both in directing and writing, a lot of themes that may have been lost, uh, even if it was present in the sub, it may have been lost just because the... You're, you're so busy focusing on the content that you may miss some of the undertones. Um, like We'll probably talk about this more when we get some of the characters, but there's a sense that the school that the characters go to are from rich families. Rich families that have already kind of auctioned off their daughters to uh, billionaires and business tycoons and uh, people who are going to give them a good life. So this is the only time in their life where they can enjoy any kind of freedom as children. And that would have come across as really unbelievable if Kristen didn't direct these characters to play it more as a drama than a comedy. And you really get that sense from also the writing. Like, there's plenty of lines in the writing that were less filthy, it felt like, in the English. Like, they take away some of the more vulgar lines and make them, uh, like, a little cutesier. So, yeah, the overall package was much more accessible to an English speaker. And definitely, if, if you're okay with some melodramatic cheese in your content then this will suit you really really well and i couldn't expect a better way to translate the you know what the characters are going through the contrast and loves and the slight silliness that creeps into it better than the way that kristen and caitlin adapted it it's a good thought to have so are you ready to move on all right all right let's get to our first set of characters and our first group is uh Pretty much the first two groups of school staff is entirely. First up, we have Midako Fuji, who's a teacher of Ihara Academy, feared by the students for confiscating their items. And just pretty much, let's just say she kind of runs her mouth at times. Being the, talking about being a prim and proper woman to Yuzu. You're talking and then, th th that idea of this is a school full of rich debutante type girls that kind of fits into her character. Like, you need to grow up to be a proper young woman. <gasps> you left your top button unbuttoned, you filthy harlot! Yes, and we have Kayo Maruta, the one of the student council vice presidents, the uh, glasses wearing characters, kind of meek and timid and not really all there, to be honest. She's the one that doesn't matter, basically. Yeah, so... And because I'm guessing she doesn't matter, I'm guessing none of y'all had predictions. Am I right? Nope. I have predictions for none of these characters. Well, you are not entirely right, Jamal. Some of us may not have had predictions, but I had a couple predictions. Um, so did I. Cool. Um, for uh, Mineko, I was thinking uh, older women voice actors who have been in stuff recently, and... Speaking of My Hero Academia, I thought a little bit about um, Recovery Girl, and I put Julie Erickson as that role there. 
Um, cool. Didn't think that she was going to show up too much in the show, but it was the first voice that popped in my head. So I was like, jot this down so I'm not entirely don't have any predictions for the Dub Talk episode. But I did have a, like a more thought out thought process for Kayo, though, because um, one of the first times that I saw Leah Clark in a role was uh, in the show Princess Jellyfish, where she plays this also glasses-wearing, timid, long-haired... Uh, well, she was actually more like an old woman fanatic in that show. Yeah. <laughs> don't... I, old, I think old man fanatic, if anything. They're old man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Wait, does she play the ones that really likes her dolls? No. 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 She's the one... She's who... the tall one with glasses. That... Oh, she's the one that straight up, like... Has a, gra- a grandpa kink, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I thought that uh, Leah, uh, Leah does everything. Like, I've said this before, Leah can do anything, but I know that she can also play glasses, shy, quiet character who you don't want to mess with, so I was like, Leah Clark for Kayo, 2017. Oh god, she's gonna play Toga, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> anyway, as for me, I too went with Recovery Girl, but I went with from the second season, and mm. that was Lucy Christian. All right, yeah. Forgot about that that cast change. Yeah, because truly kind of moved away, to be honest. I also copped out and went with older women. I went with Pam Doherty and Little Leonard. Pam Hope? Pam is the grandma in Summer Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, that Who was the other one? Yeah, who was the other voice actress you picked, Jamal? Little Leonard. Linda who? I forget who she plays. Have any of you seen the Royal Tudor? I have not. Oh, mm-hmm. she's Grandma. Yeah. There you go. Okay, as for Kayo, I went with Red April, Elizabeth Maxwell, Megan Shipman. <laughs> Cause Elizabeth? I... Okay, I was now... thinking... Oh, Anime Gatteries, okay. I see yeah. It. Now, did you make that prediction before you knew that Kayo wouldn't be a very important character in the show? I made this prediction based off the... I want I, I, well, I want to say the Seiyuu cast because I thought they were going to have some kind of point relevance in this show. That, I mean, for God's sake, there's a character later on who didn't even show up till episode 6 and they gave her a Seiyuu. Not even before the show started. You, play, you plan and record in advance, basically. That's how you get this information. And that's how we do our jobs is we compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you plan things, but plans change, and uh, I, it turns out we were both dead wrong. Because Midako is voiced by Cynthia Krantz, who you see in other roles such as Imi Honda from Barakamon, Benamir from One Piece, speaking of Princess Jellyfish, she's Chieko, she's the one obsessed with the dolls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mitsi Nohara from Chin Chan, Bota from Yu Yu Hakusho, and of course... Chi-Chi from the Dragon Ball franchise. I was wondering if you were going to. Okay, go. Come on, like I wouldn't. Come on. As for Kayo, she's voiced by Natalie Hoover, who you see this Arisa from Akiba's Trip, Ai Asagaya from Anime Gatteries, Sonia Nevermind from the Dog and Rampa franchise, and Lily from Recovery of an MMO Junkie. Alright, so... I'm straight up glad that Chi-Chi is... She's just <laughs> Chi-Chi, but with, like... She's Chi-Chi, but if she decided I'm gonna have stupid hair of my own to spite my stupid-haired children and husband. Her hair is so stupid! But god damn it, like... 
this basically is Chi-Chi in the grounds that this is like the world's biggest nag, but taking it to like a much more <laughs> prim and proper fashion. Like, uh, she's like the tutor from uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog that stresses about you being perfect. <laughs> that That's the first thing that came to my mind. And as for... Oh my god, I forgot her name. Uh, Mineko. No, not her. The other one. Oh, Kayo. Kayo. Uh, she's her character is adorable and precious, and I think Natalie does a good job making her sound meek and adorable and shy and stuff. But that's kind of what she's got going for her. She's just trying to tell this like she's just trying to do her job basically. <laughs> Granted, so is Minako, but Minako's much more of an aged old fag who. Definitely hasn't gotten any in at least ten or so years. She's definitely Ouch. one of those tenured professors. Mm. But yeah, no, uh, I think Cynthia and Natalie both did a good job. Oh. Alright, Gigi, would you like to go next? Um, Nico, uh, don't really remember her. I'm sure it was <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, I remember her scene, but I watched episode one, like, three times so long ago that I can't remember anything to specifically point out about it. Um, same goes with Kayo. Uh, I just remember feeling like the character was super straight laced um, and that she was very like scared, but at the same time she knew what her point was that she had to get across. Um, and I feel like it was portrayed very well. So that's really all I have to say about them. Here's okay, my mic good. drop. TM Yuzu. <laughs> yeah, I think they did a pretty good job for what the characters were given. We all see a more of them. How about you, Noah? Yeah, just keeping it short and sweet here. Um, Cynthia, you done. You did a good job. You got a good silly, fussy British accent. I'm actually very sorry that we don't hear more of her because I would have. I would have liked. Like a running role of like we got to go back to Mineko's office every time we break the rules. Which, if you've seen the sub the show, they break the rules a whole lot. But uh, oh. what you gonna do? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> nerve you brought in, manga. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining like like she gets so tired like she can get like so tired of seeing them after a while that she's like it's a revolving door of like all right here like uh, say five Hail Marys, put five dollars in the collection bin, and be on your way. <laughs> Hail Mary. And as for Natalie, yeah, she doesn't really get a whole lot to do, and that that's fine. There's there's archetypes of uh, English speakers, like this quiet, stoic, shy girl. She she doesn't do it wrong. She like I, I it's, it's a believable shy high school girl. That's all you ask for. Uh, another character who I kind of wish that we could hear more of, but again, what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you ready to move on? Yes. All right. So we got. The last couple members of the school staff, we have uh, Chairman Ihara and the teacher, Mr. Amamiya. The bastard! Mr. Amamiya. The chairman is so irrelevant, he doesn't even have a name on uh, Mal. His name is just May's grandfather. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, you know, he, he's like Timmy Turner's parents in the Fairly Odd Parents. You know, he doesn't need a role other than just being the grandfather. 
I'm respecting your boundaries by a not asking to come in, but I'm using my role as a parent to come in anyway. I want to I want to take the audio now from that episode and put it into the Citrus episode where he walks in on May and uses. Isn't that basically what happens? It is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we need Andrew. You and sure, me need but make, I. We need to make an AMV uh, Hell episode after this now. God damn it. Sorry, All right. go on, Jamal. If you're gonna make an AMV, can you do one to this show and just put, play it to Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That's too obvious. Yeah, if someone hasn't, too obvious. hasn't done that already, I will be very surprised. You gotta do something a lot more, like, hardcore and metal. Like, I don't know. Uh, oh, we could... Um, yeah, nothing's coming to mind right now, but... Um, we'll think of something later. Anyways... Cherry pie! Yeah, okay then. Yeah, so, uh, Chairman I Harlow. This Miyazaki-looking motherfucker is a ruthless and unforgiving man. Uh, pretty much doesn't tolerate any form of insubordination. It's kind of controlling, too. Yeah. I, and he's pretty much unaware of, uh, his new family situation, which leads to Yuzu getting expelled from school, when she stands up for May. Was it stands up for or stands up against me? Uh, she, well, she kind of stands up for herself. She stands up for herself against May against May's actions. And then we have Mr. Amamiya. That bastard! Amamiya. Amamiya. Fuck we boy go with again. a capital Uck. Amamiya. Give this Here man a nice red again. hot poker up the ass. Considering the actor, I know what headshot I want to use, but we'll get okay. to that. Okay. Amamiya. Here we go again. My, mm -hmm. my, how could you not resist her, man? Like, how dare you bring Abba into this, you slut? <laughs> so, put, so, pretty much, long story short, she he's engaged to May. At the same time, cheating on her as well, just trying to rob her family blind. I'm not saying he's a gold digger. But no, but wait, he... no, what? Yes, I am. That bastard. Yeah, he's a he's a gold digger. All okay, right. Okay, sit down, Kanye's. I'm gonna let you finish. That's not Kanye. Oh, that's God. that's CeeLo. God damn it. Gold no, digger. No, no that's Kanye. Kanye. Wait, wait, what the fuck? On. Get down. You come on to this the day of my daughter's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Wait, hang on. And you tell me that's a fucking CeeLo song. <laughs> I will have your head up a pipe. Hang on. Back Wait, up, no, I'm up, thinking. Up, give up. me a second. Give me a second. I'm thinking of the song where it's like. Doo, 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 doo. If I think of Forget You, I'm thinking of Forget You is the you, song I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, you're thinking of Fuck oh You. Oh my that's god. What you're Becky, look that's at what I thought. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, you're wrong. Eight. You yeah, are so. Yeah, All you need to wild. know about Amayaya is that he made that bitch famous. Anyways. Okay, let's let's stop trying to. No, okay, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Do we have predictions for these two? Oh, I do not. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why don't we let Gigi go first? We should. So let me get it out of my system, because you know who was at at Funimation like the very first week simul dubs were recorded. Oh God, no! You know oh, who no. was up there? Who? Tell me you did this. Blake Shepard. Uh. 
And on my Twitter, when I first saw this in sub, I said, if Blake Shepard does not play this slutty teacher, I'm going to riot. <laughs> and then he tweeted and he was like, guess who's going to Dallas? And I was like, no, are all my dreams suddenly coming true? Why would he come up for three lines? But I'll take it. Just for obviously, you, GT. Obviously, that was my prediction. I'm going to stick by it. That you only... Is that your only prediction? That's the only one that matters. <laughs> Alright, address the door. How about you? Um, I wasn't quite as uh, on the Blake train as Gigi was, but um, I, I um, had a voice in mind for uh, Mr. Bastard Male Teacher, and that was Alejandra Saab. Mostly because... No! Uh, yeah, now, now, I, I like the man. I like the man a lot. I think he's got great comedic timing. But no! from, from his from his voice in... Uh, um, my first girlfriend is a gal. I know that he can also play kind of creepy male voice. Also, um, I just slotted him into that role. Especially because, like you said, Gigi, there aren't a whole lot of male roles in the show. And I, I like getting Alejandro in any role that I can. So that you was my guess. You sound like me. But no. I, <laughs> Not my sweet, uh, innocent little cinnamon role. <laughs> well, okay. And on top of that, okay, also for Chairman, um, uh, I, I saw his character design. Um, and I was watching it in dub at this point, because I think he shows up in episode three. So, um, I, really quickly, the name that came to mind was John Swayze before I heard the English voice come out. So that was my prediction already before, you know, knowing what he actually sounded like. John Swayze. Okay. Okay. Forgive me, Gigi. I also went with Alejandro Sam for the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was you are the bastardizing my poor, sweet, innocent Keggy film. I'm like trying not to laugh. I got orange right juice on my nose. Oh God. <laughs> the man, the man leads in the my first girlfriend is a gal dub, and you're still thinking he's an innocent little cinnamon roll. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But you met him at Anime Fest. You you should know better. I know. Dude, that man man the man last year. Man is awesome. He, he is good. He yeah, is he so is. Fly. I'm, I'm saying. I'm just saying that he. I, I wouldn't peg him as innocent cinnamon roll. I would say him as like hot damn cinnamon roll. Hot damn cinnamon or, roll. Okay, Alejandro, your new I, name is hot damn cinnamon roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is gonna be a fun time tonight. <laughs> I pity him. As I get blocked this. on Twitter in three, two, one. No, no, no. <laughs> Damn. All right. Oh, I gotta ch yeah. We gotta change our anyway, names and get out of town. Anyway, it kind of played the shoulder card a little. For Amami, I had Alejandro. I also had How Wag of all things. <laughs> okay. I can okay. see it. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, and I had uh, Oscar Sayug. Uh, if you ever seen Yuri on Ice, he's the Korean skater. Cool. I know him mainly for another podcast, but that's not the point. And for the chairman, I went old man. I just had Mark Stoddard, Arbus Elliott, and Jeremy Schwartz. Okay. Okay. Yeah, those are all pretty uh, good staples of old man voices for the Funimation. Well, who voices title. these people for real, though? Yeah, so Chairman I Harlow is voiced by Charlie Campbell, who you see in other roles as Wakaba and Fairy Tale. Grant Torino in My Hero Academia, Toshi Okatsuki in Yuri on Ice, and Old Man Owl in the Sonic the Hedgehog OVA. I'm sorry, what? Just Oh yeah, yeah. This is a real old OVA that was dubbed by ADV Films. 
Oh my god, that was him? Yeah. Holy shit. There was an <laughs> OVA? Yeah, no, it, it's actually like kind of cool and weird, but I... Wow, I did not know he was in that. that I learned a new thing today. And Thank okay. you, Jamal. Why would you yes, make you're welcome. Why would you make a... And as for Ababia, he's voiced by Dave Trosco, <laughs> who you see... So, so not Blake Shepard? No, yes. not Blake Shepard. My dreams are crushed. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't make Dave Trosco's new name not Blake Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> He's safe. That's good. Okay, other roles you see, David, is he Satoshi Yoshida in All Out, Ghost Adler Black Clover. He's the current voice of President Mike in My Hero Academia. Saku Hagita in Orange, Imidori in School Rumble, and Gurin Ichinose in Seraph of the End. Oh, he was in School uh, I'm saying school, this. School Rumble? Yeah. He was a, oh, oh, Imidori, he was the uh, blonde-haired kid who was, he was also a ski bag in that show, too. I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I didn't know David's been with Funimation that long. I really need to keep yeah. up on these movies. Oh, yeah. That's so the interesting like, thing about Simul Dubs is realizing this dude who's been who you're like I've never heard of that name before. He's been in the background for like 15 years. Yeah. What the shit? Yeah. So yeah, it gives it gives a chance for local talent you never thought would shine to shine. Indeed. So that's cool. Also, speaking of scumbags, the only thing that deserves to fuck Gurn Ichinose is life itself. And segwaying into that, I know what headshot I want to use for Dave, because the only thing that I'm going to be deserves is a pineapple right up his ass for what he did to me. <laughs> oh, Lordy. So, I'm sorry, I don't like Abamia. I have you know, a pen. Wow, have, you're telling me that the teacher who forces himself on students and then uses their, emo their feelings and sexual attraction to try and steal from them and their family to support his side hoe on the side i can't believe he's an unlikable character okay no I'm, I'm sure no one in this cast likes that kind of guy at all right he's my best boy ah, of, of course of course gg come to the good side we, we hashtag nice guys are you know we're worth it too I... Oh my god, uh, Noah, the way you say that, you might as well just grow your neck beard out right now, Christ <laughs> almighty. I say that I say that as I look at my own neck, it's like, boy, I really need a shave. Oh, no, no, let it grow out for finals, it'll be like a mark of pride. Ew. Alright, let yo, it grow, okay. let it go. Jamal, what do you think of the boys? Well, as much as I hate I would be, I, did, I think Dave Trosco did a very solid job. I was actually kind of surprised to hear him here. But now I think, but I think it's kind of an eye for an eye, Christy casting him in this role. Because I remember he casted her as a fan service character in Anime Gatteries. And that, that role is still perplexing, but I think, you know, one good turn to some stuff. Yeah! She was the most well-endowed. Uh, what? Uh, wait, which character? She's the track girl. I don't think she's a fan service character. What are you no, doing? but the show loves to play her off as a fan service character. Right, that's what I was. That's what I meant. Okay, whatever. I, I don't care. I don't care for anime gatteries that much, but that's beside the point. All I right. I still have salt about that with you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Speaking of and, salt. 
Yes, Chairman Ihala. I thought Charlie Campbell did a very good job. I mean, it wasn't who I expected to be, to be honest, because I don't hear Charlie Campbell much in roles. But for what it's worth, he did a very solid job, and he really had some conviction, especially when it came to expelling Yuzu. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go next. Uh, Dave Trosco is a really convincing uh, fuckboy teacher, <laughs> and I think that's commendable. He sounds very, like, cool and sexy, but also is a bit of a commanding prick who doesn't understand boundaries and is definitely a bit of a gold digger on the side. I thought the scene where he gets owned hard by Yuzu was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As for uh, Chairman Ihara, aka what? who needs a name when all you're going to do is get a heart attack and be a force of conflict, um... I will say this, though. I think Charlie does sound really convincing as the chairman. Like, I think he's got this very much... He's got a much lower range than I think I was expecting. Like, much more gruff and, and assertive and mm-hmm. hard. Like, hard, hard-laced or, like, hard-assed, whatever. But he's very good at the part. And, and then he basically kicks her out. And then she decides, you know what? You stop, stop my heart attack. Sure. You can bang my granddaughter all you want. <laughs> and then, wow. yeah. Like, that's kind of what happens. Because he was just going to expel her. Then he's sort of dying on the floor. But yeah. Um, I think he does sound really commanding and really good. Also, before we move on, I find it fascinating. The general fascinating notion that the school to essentially create the boundary of proper, like, y- a proper educated young ladies to be prim and proper, basically make them conform to what is proper society and make them become, like, desirable objects for, for like, more desirable men or powerful men Tro- is, in ones. fact, a male himself. I, I find that fascinating, the notion that this academy for, like, young girls or young teenage girls at ch- at the charge of essentially, like, changing and forming their character is a male figure. Well... I don't know. There's some societal intrigue yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, definitely. There's... I mean, can, can you imagine the, the expectation of a woman who is not only rich and powerful enough to head a school like this, but would also employ only female teachers for this whole thing like there's definitely a boys club aspect to the you can't crack the glass ceiling to run your own school like this Mm. i think it's an interesting concept as well as like the notion that literally everybody's like you know what i kind of can't do anything else that girl next to me i can grind against that until i get married sure But that being said, uh, Dave Trosco, Charlie Campbell, I think they're both good in the roles they had, but they kind of become irrelevant after, like, episode three. And thank goodness for one of them. Alright. Yeah. Hey, so we ready to move on? No. No. Um, you go ahead, Noah, because I have to I have to finish it off. Yes, you do. I was going to say, you need to end this. So, okay, I'll, before we get to Gigi's, uh, before we get to fun, happy, sexy male fun time with Gigi, I just want to say that... In uh, the Yuri show. In the Yuri. Uh. 
That's why we brought you here, Gigi. Yep. We, we have to pass the Bechdel test. But as for uh, Charlie, uh, he was the, the more interesting of these two in terms of his, uh, his acting. Like uh, Andrew said, I specifically wrote the word gruff to describe him. And I also wrote that he was short of breath. Um, it's not a kind of uh, old man voice that I normally hear. And I really dislike it when a character is obviously not the... Is unconvincing in the age that they're trying to portray if they're young or old. And this one, it, it was believably older, like a kind of guy who feels like has weathered life quite a bit, has like probably taken out his, um, what's it called, his um, uh, 401k retirement savings at this point. Um, so yeah, for the few episodes that we got him in, he, he portrays that um, old school, this is a man's world and this is how we behave and you listen to my rules, but also, but then when he, after he has his heart attack... All right, fine. You can uh, you can sleep with my my granddaughter. Uh, softness afterwards, like I, it was convincing. And uh, as for Dave Trosco, um, uh, it was it was okay. It was very it was the most average sounding of all the roles that we're gonna talk about. It was very under the radar, which I think is probably a good thing because if he came off as I'm just too sexy for my students, let me rip open my shirt and reveal my rippling biceps kind of voice, that wouldn't have fit his character at all. So I'm glad that Dave gave him a more normal sounding voice. And now ironically enough, the more notable thing about this character is what he doesn't say. It is. It's just the... You would not suspect a guy like this, and that's the whole problem, is that he can play under the radar, so you don't suspect that he's got a girlfriend on the side while he's banging your 16-year-old granddaughter. Yeah, it's the one you expect the least, so... Yeah. <sighs> so many issues. So many issues. <sighs> uh, so, I, for, uh, so for my good friend, the chairman, um, I thought he was very, very gramps, alright? Um, I also kind of felt that his tone was almost Shakespearean, which gives another level to the pretentious rich old guy character, which I really liked. I kind of like that. Sorry to bring out the P word. Um, and then for best boy, Sensei. Oh my god. Mia. Um, Honestly, I after Gosick, I'm not even surprised anymore. <laughs> I think you should be surprised as who's not best boy. Really? But, uh, yeah, none of us. Eh. Ouch. Oh. We'll get to that. Because you're not evil. See. All right. So you're saying So you're saying that Sneebs is best boy. Okay. Let's let us stop right now. So okay. Dave Trosco is not as creepy as he could have been, and that's probably a good thing. Like if you get to Blake Shepard levels of sexy <laughs> creep. Then you're like going into a whole nother stratosphere. Um, but he's douchey enough so that we know <laughs> that this guy is not a good boy. You are not a good boy, Amamiya. I am pointing my finger at you, even though you can't see me. Um, Which finger? <laughs> oh. <Fuck> you. <laughs> um, so, AKA, G I uh, thought it was to, really great. Did, do you, are you in the Amamiya fangirl club then? Um, I'm still in the Amamiya fangirl club, even though he's a douchebag, mm. but he's not as douchey as he could have been. Like, and that's honestly a good thing because, hello, he's a teacher at this school and should try to maintain some levels of professionalism, at least if he wants to keep his lie intact. So trust Amamiya, trust Dave Trosco. <laughs> you did a good, you did a good job. Yes. And, yes. and if uh, Yuzu hadn't caught that lewd ass kiss, which is what drew me into the anime in the first place i was like oh 
oh this is how we're oh, okay this is how we're doing this so yes well, a plus that brings up an interesting element because we're meant to believe that usually the first person who's ever caught them kissing on campus that was a lot of C's. There's no way that that happened. Like, I kind of get the sense that other people may have caught them before, but no one's just, no one's talking about it because they just kind of accept it as is, which is another thing that Yuzu kind of reveals in the bullshit culture that they're in, which is the whole purpose of her being here is, you know, trying to break up the, everyone thinks this is normal. And she's like, no, this is screwed up. How are you all not seeing this? Because Yuzu is best girl and Yuzu knows what's up. She is. And that's and this is this is a reason why I really, really am glad that we get to cover this show and why we get to talk yes. about more characters. Jamal, can we talk about some more characters? Yes, we can. As a matter of fact, Yay. we're gonna move on to the iHeart family. Because right now I, we're gonna. What's up? I was going to say, I genuinely did not think this dad existed. <laughs> I genuinely. <laughs> Did not think he was real, cause the I setup is straight. The setup is straight up. Hey, sweetie, I married a new man. We're yeah. in a new house. You're in a new school. You've got a new sister who may or may not want to grind against your legs. I'm sorry, you can't meet your daddy. He's going overseas for business. I'm like, don't you dare do that and then he's actually a character it's like oh this thank you quotes. Oh, yeah. he, he, i thought he was yeah. gonna be an evil dilf yes so did i and we can talk about that Wait, but but what are these characters' names jamal yes we have the parents yume and show ihara yume ihara is yusu's mom a bit of an enabler tries to provide for her family best she can and works as a construction worker. She's a construction worker. That really? genuinely surprised me in episode yeah. 6. Which kind of makes sense if you see her in episode 1. Because she got her sleeves rolled back and got the moving gloves on. I missed that. Just so be- she, can, she can hold her, hold her own. Yeah. Girl can, yeah. girl can lift. I respect that. Yes. And speaking of holding their own, we have Sho Aihara, who's based dad. A uh, former teacher at the academy was ruled to be the previous successor until he up and left one day. Nobody knows why he went down the path he did. All we know is that he loves May. He just has a weird way of showing it. It's actually pretty easy to figure out why he would do what he did because mm-hmm. he's basically stuck in what is essentially a strict school, essentially forcing like rich people and rich kids to basically be molded to conform and kind of be stuck in this cog of society and it sounded like he genuinely had this altruistic like realization that why should i be forcing kids to do things they should want to do when instead i could be helping kids around the world who are less fortunate to help them learn knowledge and make their own path in life instead of being forced down a path we force them to take or to put it in the words of the greatest comedy music group of all time he threw it on the ground he ain't gonna be a part of your system (laughs) (laughs) oh that joke's gonna go way over my head oh uh lonely islands andy sandberg threw it on the ground is the song Oh, I probably know. I ain't here of it, that's why. I've heard of Lonely Island. Anyway, let's move on to predictions. Do we have any for these lovely parrots? I just want I to know. I do not have any. F- 
I did oh. not have faith for the dad because I straight up thought he wasn't real. I have predictions <laughs> for mom. I genuinely didn't think he was going He's to be not real. real. <laughs> You're not my real dad. Uh, I'm surprised that line didn't. Come. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Noah. My Jesus. work is done. Go get another don't one tell, out of the closet. Don't tell. Don't tell me not to bang my sister. You're not my real dad. <laughs> oh, good God. We're so going to hell. <laughs> okay. We're having a genuine discussion, and then it comes down to... <laughs> damn it, damn it. All of you. He's okay. not you're oh. my real dad. Okay, okay. Okay, I, I, I had actual predictions for uh, Mama Yuzu, as I called her. Uh, I had... <laughs> I, ooh, I had three predictions. Uh, I had uh, Kristen McGuire because uh, she plays uh, Rin. She plays Rin from New Game, and that's very, like, motherly, like, authoritative character. And I also thought of her better half, Ko, in the form of Michelle Rojas, who's also, like, older-sounding, but could definitely be a very, like, mom or big sister-type character. Definitely. And then I also thought somebody who, el- who was also impressed me lately as a older woman who's got a lot of character and intrigue to her and that was terry doty amazing yeah that's a that's a wide range of voice actors i thought a lot i thought a lot i thought this woman's probably going to be in this house alone for a long time she deserve i deserve to give her some thought Okay, who well, else that, wants to go next? That's cool, because I also thought Terry Doty would be a good, cool mom. I was like, she's a cool mom. I was like, who's a cool lady? And I was like, I just watched MMO Junkie. <laughs> Terry Doty, we like you. You're the cool mom. Check. And then... Are you saying you want, she a cool mom in the show, or you want her to be your cool mom? No, she's a cool mom in the show. Okay, because I, I can Hopefully. Imagine. Okay. I don't know. Yet. I mean, if we're picking out new parents here from the Funimation stable for ourselves, let's not. Let's. I'm gonna take a pass on that one because you know, for the dad, I had to pick my low-hanging fruit. Ah, Sh- should should play all the evil Dilf dads ever. His name is David Wall. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't need to explain myself here, do I? Also, you... after the end of episode five with that little like weird smirky thing, I really thought he was gonna be the evil Dilf. <laughs> Cause I was like, ooh, he's gonna be bad somehow. So David Wald, get in there. Chi-Chi. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Chi-Chi, you should never play with your dad's <laughs> What if he's my daddy, though? Oh my god. I hate you. I couldn't even get it. So that's why they call the show Citrus. We never do find out why. Oh my god. God damn it. Why is this only happening on the Gigi and the Too Many Boys episodes? Gigi, Gigi, Gigi. I thought you knew by now. You can never have too many boys. It's true. (laughs) Oh, let's move on, please. Okay, okay. 
really quickly, I, I didn't have a, a, a guess for show. Not because I didn't think he was, existed, but because I didn't know how they were going to portray him. Like, from the build-up, from the episodes and episodes of May describing her relationship with her dad and the kind of environment she was in, being the granddaughter of a chairman of this preppy school, I thought that he was going to have a, you know, he was going to be a dick kind of character. But I didn't make a prediction for it because I didn't get to hear him in Japanese. But... I did have one for Ume, and that was not uh, not one of the mom characters that any of you guys picked yet, but I picked uh, the best um, best uh, big sister character in all of anime, Caitlin Glass, who is uh, I could say it, a good yeah. best big sister in Hyoka. I want her as my big sister. Why can't I have that? Mm. So. Okay. Jamal? I'm sorry, I'm still trying to recover. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, if I could segue here, Jamal. Yes, 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 yes. I had a, I had two predictions for each. For Yume, I went with Felicia Angel and Madeline Morris because I want somebody who had a sweeter tone to her voice but could still play the adult character very well. Okay. Oh, my throat hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus. Do you know how much please stand by music I'm going to have to put in this episode? <laughs> As for the dad. It's funny, I'm talking to you, Gigi, because I pulled the Gigi card. and uh, What is oh, the Gigi card? Did you get went with low-hanging fruit, too? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of this episode in sign language if we keep this up. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody get this man some water! Death by David Wald! That's the way to go! (laughs) Roll, Roll the standby music. As I was saying, yes, yeah, I so much. I played the Gigi card, which is I picked two of her espados. I went with Eads and Claris one, because you know I figured it'd be shorty character like him. Of course, it's gotta be Eid. which is funny because his Seiyu is 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 Koi White MMO Junkie. (sighs) Yes. And to answer your question, Gigi, yes, I went with some low-hanging fruit. Stop saying low-hanging fruit. Fuck. Did you see down there? No, no, no. (laughs) This this podcast is either going to add or remove five years from our lives. (laughs) Just think of all the minutes you can cut out. (laughs) I was done. I was done. Hi, Kristen. You're probably watching this right now. Kristen, I am so sorry for this. We love you. Thank you. Oh, my sides hurt. You do very good work, Kristen. (laughs) Look what you you made us very happy, Otaku. This should just go at the end. (laughs) Fuck. You should just cut this whole part out. Put it at the end. (sighs) 
Uh, okay, let's take, let's take a moment. Okay, take a moment to breathe. Let's all take a moment to breathe. I need a moment to breathe. Anyway, as for who plays these parents, Umei Aihara's voiced by Terry Doty, and Show Aihara's voiced by D- David Ward. Nice. <laughs> Almost. I can hear the shrieks coming from Chicago right now. Do <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen, and I still couldn't avoid it. Now tell, now tell us, Jamal, uh, who have these uh, lovely people played in the past? Uh, yes, Terry Doty is voice Kiara Hazuma from Assassination Classroom, Virgo from Fairy Tale, Kyoko Machi from Interviews with Monster Girls, Alice Kiriki from Okami Side and Seven Companions. And of course, Moiko Moyoka from the cover of an MMO junkie. I forgot she was in it, Okami-san. Huh. Yeah. As for as for David Wald, oh my God, what is wrong with me? <laughs> as for David Wald, he voices, of course, the fun police, Reiji Sakamaki <laughs> from Diabolic Lovers. Yeah. He's got you. He's got you from Fairy Tale. Yeah, he's, best boy. He's Nendo, Nendo's mom, Nendo's dad, every other Nendo in IKK. Mm-hmm. Herman Luis from Gaudi Animation, Victor von Glanzweig from the Royal Tudor. Deals. And Dai Kita Shirikawa from Tamako Market and Tamako Love Story. Cool. So he's okay. all over the place, it sounds like, between Sentai and Funimation. Well, he yeah, just he moved b- to Dallas. Good, yeah, for, that, good for him. So we'll, yeah. we'll probably be hearing him quite a bit more in these simul dubs. We've already been hearing him in quite a number of these already. So more David Wald, I'm very, very okay with. Who'd like to go? Who should, who should go first? I, I still need to breathe. <laughs> uh, I'll go first this time. Um, okay. Uh, hearing Terry Doty uh, as uh, Ume makes me uh, kind of lament the fact that I didn't watch MMO Junkie in dub. I watched it in sub. Because uh, she has, she's such a, she's such a sentimentalist. Like Terry's got this like clueless sentimentalist voice to her, and that she doesn't sound like a ditz. Like I was a little worried that she would have the clueless parent voice. Because let's be honest here, Ume doesn't know what's going on in her own four walls exactly, but she's not stupid about it. She's a very good mom with this like I'm so happy that we get to be together as a family. Like you can feel the maternal energy coming off her like she's trying to give especially to give may the kind of motherly love that she's never had before and that just radiates through the voicing in her character even when they're not together just her talking by herself so i i love that intentional lower tone that she has too because it makes her sound like she's a little bit older than she looks because the character design doesn't make her look like she's older than like mid-20s even though she's probably supposed to be somewhere in the 30s um like it, it just helps balance out the character design and as for David Wald, all I all I had written for him when he first showed up was WTF, mate, because I did not expect this. Like I said before, okay, the whole show was leading up to show not being in the show at all, show in the show. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. And when he showed up, I already had this vision of of him being like this this tight tight ass suit wearing uh, disciplinarian, but that's not what we got at all. So when you hear his young yet gruffer voice with the you know like the five uh, the five o'clock shadow and the uh, slacker hippie look to him, the 
all of it put together really surprised me quite a bit, but it's definitely in character. It's not like David took the character and changed it entirely. It's very much the kind of person who wants to break out of the system and decided to, um, as we saw, he went and built his own school in impoverished countries or helping the less fortunate, ba basically becoming a traveling teacher instead of someone part of the system that's raising up debutantes in Japan. And I love David's performance in that. It's not silly and goofy to the point you can't take him seriously. And it's low enough that it, you know, it kind of portrays the age that he's got on him. Again, the character design kind of makes him look a bit younger than he probably is, but I, I buy both these characters as believably parental sounding. And and yes, D David Wald for best boy. All right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Terry has, does a really good job at sounding like. She sounds like a doting mother, but she doesn't like. I I, I didn't think of it before, but it does kind of sound like she's not really going for like ditzy or absent-minded. It's just like she genuinely like cares for her family and whatnot. And it's not like she's not even really like a stay-at-home mom. She is a mom that seemed like she was on her own for a while, and the fact that she has a uh, construction job implies she's like a much more like hard hard knocked, so to speak, and dealt with a much like lower income situation so that mm -hmm. they are in a more like well-off situation is kind of different for her and she's like trying to adjust uh, how to actually be this normal family even if it's not quite so normal and i actually really liked the times her and david wald were interacting together because it's like i genuinely see how this woman fell for this man or i could see how this woman and how this guy fell for this girl. I can see the dynamic between the two, and I see why they're interested in each other, and I think that's neat. David Wald is like, wow, this is an interesting <laughs> character. You're right, the whole show, I thought he was going to be either like this hard-ass, neglectful, or maybe at worst, straight-up even abusive character. I didn't mm -hmm. know where the show was going to go. This show very much could have gone the route of like hardcore, like, assault within the family or whatnot honestly oh, yes. the, the way too. the show goes and sets itself up up that is not necessarily an option that is unrealistic yeah so color me surprised at the fact that we meet this dad and he's basically this huge dork he's this huge like dork that genuinely wants has this really awkward relationship with his daughter and he wants to set things right but he does have to keep moving place to place because he really does want to keep helping people and i think that's interesting he's got a he's got like a gruffness to his natural voice but it sounds much more like low-key and sincere and in the flashbacks when he is in the suit he sounds much more like hard ass and tight-laced and authoritative compared to like it sounds different when he has the hair slicked back from when his hair is all natural and the fact that both are distinct and different sounding is very impressive on David Wald's part, as well as the direction itself. Good job on both. They're very good parents, and I enjoy seeing them interact. I enjoy this family. Is Quotation David, mark. Is David also... Do you also think David is best boy? Objectively speaking, yes. Alright, you can come back into the funhouse. <sighs> Alright. Okay, so as for me, I thought uh, again once again I didn't expect Terry Doty in this role, but she manages to do a very solid job. Uh, 
It's funny because I know Terry Doe to be like a badass, whatever I normally hear her. I mean, in the last couple of years alone, she went from being a badass to Doty Chan must be protected in Monster Girls to Doty is precious. Protect that spot at all costs. She's basically you, every little young boy is like, and they're all precious before they grow up and become angsty edgelords or like super badasses. I was going a different route, but okay. It's true, though. So, yeah, yeah. So, again, she, for what we hear of her, because we don't see her as much in the show, she did a pretty good job. As for... Oh, God. As for David Wald... <laughs> David! Again, I knew that was coming. I still couldn't stop myself. As for David Wald... That man's like experiencing a renaissance because normally you hear him as like some manly characters, but you see him play a lot of Bishonen men in recent years, and this is no different. He does a very solid job. I mean, yeah, he is best boy in this show and in general, but. Man's got, he's got a lot of diversity on his, his resume, and it really shows. Oh yeah, yeah. He really, he really does, you know. And I think that's. I had just come off a high cue where he played like a really like comedic role, and he also did some singing in there. And I was like, wow, like I didn't know David Wall could do all this stuff. I'm so used to him being the evil Dilf, and now he's he's not <laughs> evil, but he's still a Dilf. Yeah. Um, like I said before. <laughs> In episode five, I thought, like, with that little smirk at the end, that he was going to play sort of an evil character. Um, but his sincerity concerning his job and his feelings for his life, his wife and his kids, um, it convinced me otherwise. And I was actually really excited to hear him not be evil for twice. So I I, I liked it. I liked it. Good job, boo. You my number seven. And as... For Terry Doty, yes, she is the cool mom. Um, I thought she played it with a bit more maturity than the character that she played in MMO Junkie. Although I'm assuming they're somewhat around the same age. Um, but I think mm. she still plays this mom as a character with a lot of spontaneity. Which she obviously would have to have to uproot her life and marry some dude she like met on a retreat or something and you know take her daughter get a brand new stepdaughter and just embrace her with loving arms and there's has to be like a lot of spontaneity in that and i feel that it came across in her vocal performance all right that's good all right well said yeah so ready to move on now yes yes let's move on okay from here on out every character will be individual Starting with Matsuri Mizusawa. Uh, for, before we go on, full disclaimer for anybody watching this. We have recorded this recording, at episode 6 of the English the dub. At the time of recording, I am the only person that caught up in the sub, so I know the true character. But f to keep it spoiler free, I'll just say this right now. She's a man eater, she's a woman eater, <laughs> she's Yuzu's childhood friend, and. Well, she's a little swamp witch, which the voice actress herself kind of described. Speaking of which, do you have any thoughts on who a voice actress might be, though? You actually told me to make predictions for this character, and I actually did. I compared the seiyuu and the appearance of the character, and I came up with 
Tia Ballard and Sarah Wiedenhaf. Mm. That's that's funny because uh, all three of my predictions I went based on pink-haired characters as well. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking uh, of pink-haired characters. I was just thinking of squeakies. Wait, what pink-haired yeah. character has Sarah Wiedenhaf played? Uh, good question. I think there is one. There's gotta be one. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably find out after recording. Right. Uh, oh, this is gonna bug me now. Hang on, keep going. As for me, I went with Alexis Tipton because we, she's played a lot of pink-haired characters and Matsuri's no different. I went with our ADR director herself, Krista McGuire, because she is a pink-haired character, and I thought, <laughs> maybe, I thought maybe she'd want to slot herself in somewhere, as as all directors do, or most directors. I mean, that's a compliment, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, she, she yeah. definitely would, you know, she would be fitting for that. I, I can hear that, definitely. I can hear Kristen in this character design and from the three lines we've heard so far. Now, you, you told, yeah, like uh, Andrew said, you told us to make predictions for this character, and I did not. So I don't have any okay. guesses. Yeah, I'm a bad and Catholic schoolgirl. I also did not yeah, play by the I, rules. Yeah, and I, speaking of breaking rules, I had one more prediction that's uh, Felicia Angel, because the last time she played a pink haired character, I pretty much lost my shit. <laughs> Well, art is subjective, so who's getting subjected to play this role? Atsuri is played by Christy Rothrock, who you've heard other roles as Hodami Ichidose in Classroom of the Elite, Ashiga in Kankole, Ayase Kurogiri in Keijo, Setsuko Sato in Tsukigakure, Kolan in Woden, and Lutz Nichigori in Yuri on Ice. So I think it's funny that you mentioned Yuri on Ice last as like the little toddler child, um, because yeah. that was all I heard. Like as <laughs> yeah. soon as the character opened her mouth, I was like, "Is she supposed to be six? And then I was like, "Oh no, I guess not." Um, all six-year-olds feel- have cell phones these days. I think my little six-year-old niece wants a cell phone, um, but oh. I think. She like she sounded like a bitchy six year old. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, like I almost I almost thought she sounded a, too young, unless she is younger than Yuzu, which I I don't know the answer to that. Because well, I, I found I found one. Uh, I found a pink haired character that Sarah Weedenhuff plays. She plays Matin Ginger from Fairy Tale. I will. Oh, believe you I, because I will never watch all the fairy tales so you could be lying for all I know but you're probably not I'm I, being honest so yeah that's what I thought of the couple lines that we've heard of this character um I mean a good job playing a, a bitchy younger character is she younger than Yuzu or are they the same age uh apparently she's younger okay, okay good but then not by I feel... much right I feel better in my assessment then. Um, All right. I, I really thought she sounded like kind of bitchy, and that's a good thing. All right. Right? Because she is bitchy, uh, right? Since when? Yeah. Oh, you mean the I'll acting? S- I was going to say, when, right. when has being bitchy ever been a good thing? Well, <coughs> take a look at my life. Okay, so uh, here's what I have written down for Matsuri 
I'm sure... I, I think I actually wrote this before I knew who was cast as her. I'm sure the actress playing her will do good for this character. And I'm sure that this character will have complete respect for personal boundaries and will not forcefully shove their tongue down anyone's throat. Nope. Not at all. Oh, God. Consider... <laughs> yeah. Consider why... I'm, I'm just assuming this character will do no such immoral thing at all throughout the entirety of their role in the show, and they are a pure beacon of light and hope and love and nothing else at all. A- Anyways, Andrew, Christy An- Rothrock. If you believe uh, that, she I've sounds got a... good. Right. She sounds good. Uh, she sounds like very squeaky. She sounds very also like there's something sinister under the, that cold Moe heart, but I'm yeah, she sounds really good for what I've heard so far. And no, I don't really believe that something's up with this girl. I was gonna say, if you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. Okay. Oh, oh you go find out. As for me, yeah, I I really liked what I heard of Christy. I'm just wondering what direction... Oh, God. I wonder what direction Christy gave Christy in the booth. Like, alright, Christy, now I watch you make baby talk, but... Sound a little perverted at the same time. I was like, what the... What direction did she give this girl? Because it works, but at the same time, it's it, like... It sounds like she... It sounds like this character is supposed to sound uncomfortably almost illegal. Yeah. Yeah, you said that she was uh, a man-eater, but the better term would probably be jailbait. Yeah! Again, you... Yeah, stop! Jabal, we don't know. Stop. No, no you can get an idea though, because like you said, I she, got... she shows up at the very end of episode six, and that is the scene where she is comforting, in quotation marks, one of her friends who just got dumped by her boyfriend. And as soon as she finishes comforting her, we hear her inner thoughts, Richard the Third style, and it's basically, "You are such a stupid bitch, and your boyfriend looks stupid too." Oh, my good friend Yuzu's a pic- I see a picture of her. I haven't seen her in a while. I should check up on her. And that that's enough. That is more than enough to, for Chrissy to get across the idea that this is a very bad character. This is a very, a very evil person. And there's one character in a different show, actually, that she uh, reminded me of right away. And I'm trying to remember the exact wording here. Um, now, Andrew knows this character because he knows I've been watching Kill a Kill... She reminds me a lot of, um, God, what's her Yui? name? Yui? Yui, that's it. The N- Nui Harime. New- oh my God, yeah. you're right. She reminds me of the kind of innocent face, nice voice sounding, total backstabbing bitch that you never see coming. You never see them coming. And I give, like I said, I don't know what uh, Kristen's direction to Christy was on this, but I'm pretty sure it was just, okay, deep down into your inner evil 12-year-old and just pl- just have fun with that. Because <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, more episodes that she's in. Like, by the time this episode goes up, all of us will have probably seen more episodes that she's in. And who knows? She may be our favorite character at that point because so far, I like what Christy's doing with the performance, even though it's a terrible person playing, you know, a terrible human being. Actually, I have a lot to say for somebody who's spoken for, like, probably less than two minutes as far as we've seen. I mean, yeah, she does leave a lasting impression, which okay. kind of gives me a bit of an issue, though, because I'm still trying to get used to Christy, because uh, she hasn't had a, a lot of big roles, 
So it's kind of hard for me to lock onto a voice just to that's fair. Make a to make a full judgment of it, but I did like what I hear so far. Right. I like what I've heard so far too. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think we can move on. I'm I'm looking forward to her breaking all of us. <laughs> I'm sure. I, again, we have no idea, right, Jamal? Zip's mouth shut. <laughs> Good, good move, good move. Speaking of, uh, you know, covering people's mouths, um... Oh, oh my! <laughs> I have no regrets! <laughs> I'll tell you to mob anywhere but here. Technically, she goes for the jugular. Oh, good God. This is gonna be... Jamal! Different. I just want to pull her twin drills! That's all I want to do! <laughs> Let me. Why do I want to pull your I'm ears? I'm not making the joke I made earlier. Let uh, me play with her yes. hair. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're gonna get on to the Twin Drills character of the show because, of course, there has to be one. Himiko Momokido. Uh, hold on. Yeah, pretty much. She's <laughs> speaking of childhood friends. She's May's childhood friend. Another VP of the student council. Have a rather stuck up and stubborn personality and hates people who doesn't follow school regulations. And let's admit it, she, of course, is a closeted lesbian. I mean, come on. Closeted? Uh, yeah, we can take the closeted out of there. Everyone in the show is. Okay, interesting the, that you say that. Okay, where the fuck do you okay, get closeted? Well, okay. Because no, no, here's no, no. the thing. Okay. Mm. Okay, not here's the thing. Like you see you see it in like what, episode three or four, and you never see it eight, anything you never see any more after that. It's like she just being a manipulative let's put it this way, she's being a manipulative little bitch. Okay? Now I, I will agree that she's closeted, but not in lesbianness, but she's closeted in her trying to hide her feelings for May. Because we don't know how she's feeling about May until she confides that into in Yuzu's like one-on-one -on -one conversation, so like we're, we're to assume that on the outside she wants to appear calm, cool, and collected. Mm -hmm. I know if she's a third wheel, and she's gonna get friends so That's all. Actually, <laughs> she did get friends so Gonna. Yeah, let's go out to predictions. Yeah. All right. So who do I have for? Actually, oh, I don't think I had any for this one actually. All right. Because to be fair, what I had watched in the sub, she she was just sort of like angry little uh stuck up girl i didn't know how big her role was going to be at that point yeah yeah um, i was also surprised yeah. that she kind of ended up being more important than we thought because from episode one the dichotomy i think we all got was kayo and himeko were going to be like the sidekick characters that wouldn't get a whole lot of development so it's kind of surprising in episode three where she like gets a whole two episodes devoted to her development mm-hmm <laughs> No, but um, when I first saw her, even in episode one, and I was like, okay, I should make a prediction. Who's a good, uh, higher-voiced, um, peppy um, character? Sarah Wiedenhef. Sarah Wiedenhef's got the voice for it. Um, Sarah Wiedenhef. I can I I see, see it. Yeah. Jinx. I don't know if she's played a character with twin drills yet. We know she's played one with pink hair, but not twin drills Please yet. stop and... saying the word drill. I think I still have her. Okay. GG! Right, oh, wait! No! Noah! She does play a character with drills. She plays Okiku from Konohana Kitan. 
Oh, I get... Oh, yeah! You know what? That was another show that I only watched in sub. I didn't know who played... Who was the English actors for that show. Now I Motherfucker, you really gotta fix this shit. I, I wanted to keep up with the show. I didn't want to wait for the dubs that season. So, uh, now I gotta watch all the shows again. Can we yeah, redo right, winter, please? Can we just go back in time and... Or not winter, fall. Can we redo fall 2017? No, we cannot. Who else has predictions? I passed. I guess it's just me, then. Yeah, I wanted someone who could be a bit uptight, maybe little spunk to her, so... I had Megan Shipman and Jeannie Tarado. Because to be honest, I... Momokino was, Momokino was kind of one of the hardest characters to predict, because as you said, she doesn't get much presence until like episode 3 or 4. And when I when I started making predictions, I didn't know who she was at the time. Like They never really associated anybody by name until later on. And then, and then I took a look at the character again. And I thought to myself, "She is twin drills. <laughs> it's gonna be Brit April, isn't it?" No, no, it couldn't be. No, no, you you talking no. crazy? So I all, I yeah. It turns out it was Brit April. Dang. Surprise! Surprise! You are good at this game. Yes. So tell me. What has Brit April done in the past? Yeah, she voices Melody in Fairy Tale. That was the first one ever. She's Hikari Takanashi in interviews with Monster Girls. Mm-hmm. Princess Shirahoshi in One Piece. And she is Moe in Sakura Quest. She also plays some girl named Moe in Sakura Quest, which kind of brings up my point here. I think this is a typecast, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Really? What? Okay, let me ask you a question. She plays a Twin Tails character. How many Twin Tail characters do you think Brit has played in the past? I don't... I never associated her I with Twin Tails. I can't think of any. Right, because Twin Drills is traditionally, as Lucky Star pointed out, the Tsundere character design. I don't think I've seen... I, I don't associate Brynn traditionally as a Sundari voice actress. I don't either. No, I just associate her with Twintail character because she's played about close to 20 of them. But like, I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> I don't I can, fucking I can, believe I can, you. I give I you a couple of, Okay, the, I can give you a couple of... Uh, ladies, ladies, of ladies. What doesn't matter... It doesn't matter how many she's played in the past. What matters is how she plays this one. You're right. How, yeah. how does she play this one? Well, I mean, she plays it very well to the best of her abilities. I mean, I would have liked to have seen her in a different role, but, you know, is, is Brit April doing her thing? You know I mean? We have... Because here's the thing. Chris Sablet usually plays a manly man. Brit April usually plays Twin Tails. And of course, that's how I would get this prediction. So it makes logical sense. I really don't think it's typecasting, though, because... I mean, you can't really typecast somebody with the in anime like with the way a character looks. I don't think you, you can. You, you'd you'd be surprised. Well, no. but here's here's the thing. I thought she was playing against type here, because the roles that I know Bryn April for is like the girl in um, shit. First love in, monster. In uh, Noragami. Okay. You think yes, her the as girl much in First more Love like... Monster, the really, really, really cute, nice girl, and this girl was kind of bitchy. Like I agree. He, yeah. Himeko was kind of bitchy, and it was nice to hear Bryn play a bitch who's not crazy, like in King's Game. 
But oh, we won't talk boy. about cake oh, skin yet. Let's, this is a this is still gonna be for another episode. It's still coming, fam. Nobody's watched it but me. And I don't want to watch it twice. You're um right. but I really didn't think that this was your typical Bryn, and to the point where I did not recognize her voice. I so like, yeah. I definitely thought it went against type here. I'm I'm very much on par with uh with Gigi here. I think she does a really good job being this rich, snooty, overtly like jealous lesbian. She's stuck up. <laughs> she's angry. She's frustrated in every single way. And it's pretty prevalent that she's like simultaneously stuck up, but also kind of like heartbroken. And she knows she has no real chance. And she knows she could ever be on may's level whether she realizes it or not mm -hmm. and the way i describe himiko as a character is she is the angry yet horny little pomeranian ready to hump may a may's leg at a moment notice oh good god now, now i want to, i'm now, gonna say this right now but i here's the thing i wrote the angry horny pomeranian ready to hump her leg at a moment's notice i wrote that before I hope you wrote, a certain you knew she had wrote, a dog. No, okay, actually, yes, before I knew she had a dog, <laughs> and before I realized, holy fuck, I was kidding, show, I didn't think she'd actually hump her at a moment's notice, what the fuck? <laughs> she, to, to quote, my first girlfriend is a gal, she is DTF like it's NBD. Oh my oh, god. No. I hate you all right now. We oh love you god. too, Jamal. No, but for real, I I totally bought her playing this character completely. Like, I genuinely think, like, she made this angry character. Like, she was very much hurt and heartbroken, but also very stuck up and angry and bitchy. And even when it comes to straight up, uh, assaulting me? Mm -hmm. Um... Like, that, that is like, yo, it's like, how far are you going right now? The camera cuts away. They never say how far they go. She says nothing happens. We don't know nothing happens. What could have happened? Like, it's like the assaulter is going after the assaulter in what can only be referred to as a assault spiral drill, if you will. <laughs> it's like an Escher painting, you know? Yeah, basically. <laughs> But no, uh, I thought Bryn was was actually really, really good as Bryn, and she did a very convincing job at making angry lesbian noises, as well as doing a really good job acting as the physical embodiment of angry lesbian noises. That is Himiko. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, Alright. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much she did a good job, I mean... If you know me, you know I'm good. I I would love a, an April at any given time. It's just it's the it's just the characters I have a problem with, but you'll see why later on. It just sounds like you don't like the character. Well, to be fair, the character is kind of mostly unlikable anyway. So, but is she sympathetic? I'm pretty sure not. Otherwise, she would not have did what she did until later. Okay. I mean. You could still have, like, the whole, okay, the whole deal with this show is essentially to ra understand these characters that would do these things. And I don't <laughs> like those characters that do these things. 
whether or not you buy the motivation why they do these things is another thing, but the go show goes really hard out of its way to make you understand why, I guess? Yes, that's okay. Yeah. Like you could um you could interpret this as an excuse to get smut, which obviously there's an appeal for that. But rather than play into that, it kind of subverts the expectations a little bit by giving them a motivation, a backstory, some actual human empathy. Like, you could watch this and say, okay, these are uh, conditions that could happen to people that may per- may cause them to act this way. Like, it's not so far out of the way. Like, it's not kill-a-kill levels of my evil mother wants to control the world with life fibers. This is, no, I grew up in a rich society, un- unable to express love to someone I actually love, so I'm going to get the most out of it while I still can in the only way I know how to express it. Like, that is very human. It's not an excuse, but it's believable. It is not an excuse. I think that's the thing with this show, is that I don't... Here's the thing. I was afraid this show was going to try and... Okay, you know what? It kind of does sometimes excuse it, which I think is is my biggest issue with the mm-hmm. show or the content of the show. But we'll get more into that when we get to asserted somebody else. But okay, I right. will say I this was a very weird character, but I enjoyed snooty, rich, arrogant, angry lesbian Brent April. <laughs> I'm never going to get that 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 dog humping image out of my head now. Thank you, Andrew. I also wrote that before I realized she had a little Pomeranian of her own, too. It's like the show was explicitly fucking with my analogy. I, I mean, Like, they're like really... she was fucking me. Yeah, they they looked in the future and saw your analogy and wrote it into the manga, clearly. Of course. Alright, okay. I've, I've said my piece. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, can I... Uh, do I get to talk? I'm sorry. I've been, I had ta- a lot you've to been say. talking. Yeah, I thought you've been in talking. Cage at all this episode. I no, I meant about Bryn. Oh. I didn't get to talk about Bryn yet. Please, please yeah, go let ahead. me out of the box. I won't let you out of the box, but you can talk. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> so, I I don't have too much more to add than what these guys say. Um, yeah, it's Bryn doing really good in a slightly unconventional world. I'm on Andrew and Gigi's side here in the. I don't think this is uh, typecast, but I will say. Um, a writing tick that I noticed is that she seems to use more advanced vocab than some of the other characters. Like Yuzu, obviously, yeah. is given um, you know more standard street talk. May is doesn't talk as much. So uh, the so Caitlin seemed to give Himiko more of um, like she uses words like flippant and just words that normal I say normal people in quotation marks wouldn't normally use. And I like that as a way to convey her more high-class background. And I also like the fact that Bryn doesn't give her the traditional tsundere, it's not like I like you or anything, may baka kind of voice to her. Like, that would get old really fast, and I think we're already tired of that kind of voice. So, yeah, I like the fact that the show, and this was comes from the show itself, gave her a not-exactly-sundere personality. They gave her a tragic, scorned lesbian mentality. Which, you know, it's different enough than what I think we're used to when we see that character design. You see the character design and you think, not going to have a whole lot of presence, not going to be more than comic relief. But yeah, she goes more out of her way to be lower voiced and more serious, like especially in the tea house scene, so that you kind of feel the layers off of her. Which, let's be honest here, we didn't, I don't think any of us got, went into this thinking that we were going to get layers from characters. We thought we were going to get nice Harlequin smut 
and move on to the next round. I thought this show was going to be much more, like, hardcore, like, yo, let's take these pairs of scissors and see where it goes. And it's much more, like, hardcore, like, soap opera, like, everybody's sad, everybody's betraying somebody, everybody's poisoned the water well, somebody's mm-hmm. dead sister is actually the mastermind the whole time kind of shit. Oh, Depp, you have no idea. It's going to be a dead sister in a robot at the end. I just, I can feel it coming. Oh, God. That, you know what? That will make it interesting to me. But yeah, no. <laughs> now, I... now, I'm thinking of the Welcome to the NHK where they're describing the ultimate girl. She's your classmate and childhood friend who also happens to live next door. She's also a robot, but not just any robot, a maid robot! By the way, I know very next to nothing about fashion as a... Uh, straight white male who doesn't give a shit about how I look, but <laughs> even I could tell that dress and her appearance clash like hell. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'll take your word for it, though. All right. So. Hey. So, so you yeah. get to move on I'm now. I'm good. I, I do have just. GG, you did. I'm fine. Okay. Now, Jamal, just really quickly, does uh, does Himiko uh, play more of a part in some of the upcoming episodes? Zip's mouth shut. Okay. Speaking of uh, covering one's mouth. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> you. You damn segways, Noah. <laughs> this whole show has ruined me. <sighs> Is it time to talk about I'm Best gonna... Girl? Is it time to talk yes. about Best Girl? Yes, oh, it is. Boy. And of course, by Best Girl, he means Haumi Taniguchi, Yay! a.k.a. Haumi. I love her. She's so great. She... <laughs> Why wasn't she the love interest? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, you... Because if that was the case, you'd just get your regular old Yuri, and that'd be no fun. I love to have, like... You know what? I'd be all for, like, cute... <laughs> dumbass, like, girlfriend <laughs> shenanigans and stuff. I don't want my non-con, cis-con, hardcore soap opera drama. You, you don't like, you don't, you don't like a little incest in your Yuri? You like classic no! original flavor Yuri? Yes, I like, <laughs> I enjoy two characters being in a dorky but happy, intimate relationship with each other and realizing they like each other and going on fun, dork, erky, cute relationship adventures. By the way, go watch, go read the manga Kase-san, go watch that OVA when it comes out, and then be angry that it's not going to get dumped because Pony Canyon does that shit. Wow, you find a way to bet rag on everything in that segue. Oh boy, Kase Sad is so good. I love it. It's adorable. Please read it. Anyways, how do we? What are we talking yeah. about? Yeah, how do we? She's the friend you want in real life. There's two kinds of people. There are friends that'll bail you out of jail, and there's the friends that'll keep you. That'll be. There's the friend that'll bail you out of jail. The friend that'll go to prison with you. <laughs> She's the latter. She is the friend that'll go to prison with you. <laughs> uh, you know that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, thank God I can finally put these notes to use. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. So, she's pretty much a gal in disguise. It's been part of the... Uh, yeah, it's got the iHeart Academy pretty much around the same time as Yuzu. And as of right now, it's the only f- friend that really understands what she's like. Mm-hmm. Basically, and, uh, uh, unlike most of the other girls, she didn't get fucked by the system. She chooses how she gets fucked. 
Yeah, I so love the silence you... to that. Well, you're not wrong. Like, you're not wrong at all. She does choose how to... She chooses how she lives her life, basically. She chooses yes. how she does things. She adapts, but she is not a uh, little indentured, like, basically handmaided trophy wife to be fucked by some rich, fat billionaire guy. No, she's going to do this, and she's going to live her life the way she wants it, has fun, while still also being in a preppy high school. So what kind of, what the hell kind of Funimation voice actress could possibly be that? I can tell you who I had in my mind yes. for, who I wrote as the better Garu girl in my notes. Uh, for her, I had two people in mind. I had Jade Saxton, because I thought Jade could be this sort of preppy voice, but also have this really distinct voice that sounded independent like she could do that and i thought it'd be really good and i also thought genie Torado would be a really good fit for this character as well i also had genie Torado. i had her joe harrison morgan again because i wanted somebody who could display the kind of spunk that a Halloween has a lot of j's in there um... all right noah so, um, you guys had a lot of J characters, J actresses in there. I'm gonna throw one more out there. As far as, um, hardcore, not gonna get fucked by the system, runs the school, Jamie Markey. Mmm, yeah, okay. Ooh. Yeah, yes, I can see it. Yes, yes, because, not just because she plays best gal in My my First Girlfriend is a Gal, but also because she's got that, um, she just does very good in the um, solid lead actress role without being too bitchy, I guess. Like we, I know we're using the word bitchy a lot in this episode, but I like I like it when Jamie plays um, like good supporting characters. It's shoujo trash. Everything is bitchy, and if it's not bitchy, it's not doing its job. Um, I predicted uh, Dawn Bennett in this role. Because she was a really snarky, funny girl in First Love Monster that nobody's seen but me, Noah, and Megan. Don't and I really me. I've seen it, unfortunately. I like that show. Um, and I I thought Harumi was like a really funny, snarky kind of girl, and I wanted to be best friends with her. So I I thought Don Bennett would be a good fit here. Okay. I think we all want to be best okay. friends with her. Yeah, right? T please, please yeah, take us karaoke-ing. Yeah, I mean, we all want to be best friends with her, and so does her voice actress. And who voices her is Margaret McDonald. Really? Yeah, this one. Yes. What has Margaret done? Well, she's mainly a Sentai actor. This is her... F I think... No, she's got another role, but she, this is her first Funimation role. Other roles you've heard her in, of course... Uh, Honey and Habitora, Isuzu and Long Horizon, Rika Takadashi from Love to Nibio and Other Delusions, and Tamiko from Tamiko Market and Tamiko Love Story. Oh, that's where. So, yeah, so I, can, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. So, I don't think Margaret McDonald plays Harumi. I think Margaret <laughs> McDonald is Harumi. <laughs> They because just... for context, because here's the thing, for context, because I managed to watch uh, Chris, Kristen's stream on uh, Anime Unlocked, 
And uh, apparently she identifies with the characters like right down to the T. Like, like it's pretty uncanny. As a matter of fact, like in some ways she also kind of looks like her too. Like, interesting. I got yeah. I have to look this up. Like I know there's a picture on the screen for our viewers, but I do not have that in front of me right now. Hang on. Like keep going. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. So she was super excited to be cast in a role like this because remember I said in the beginning there was. Uh, one other pansexual person. This? Here we go. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She really adored Halloween from, like, the very beginning, like... I... I... You know what? This character, like... I was not sure what this character's deal was, because this character was just, like... Interestingly enough, she wasn't really open to, like, even being into anybody. She was just like, I just want to have fun. And you're just like, ah, don't worry, you're hot, whatever. Exactly, exactly. She she is the embodiment of the song, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. You know, I did not interpret that as, like, an actual, like, oh, I'd bag you if I could. I just assumed that was just being like, oh, yo, girl, you're hot, you're my best friend, I love you, or something like that. I I did not (laughs) interpret that as, like, oh, hey, yeah, I'd fuck you, whatever. Yeah, because pretty much a lot of what Harumi does, she kind of identifies, like, from the curiosity that she has. Especially the cafe scene, which I found out is a fa- <laughs> one of her favorite scenes. Oh, she's just like, oh, you, oh, you're reading this stuff? Wait, how does it even go? You put this knee here, and then you put that hand there? <laughs> yeah, she said that's the kind of thing she would do in high school. Oh, like. oh that's really interesting. That, that is really interesting, not, not Not to that extent. I don't know to that extent, but yeah... It's, that kind of curiosity. I love it when actors get to play characters that are like themselves. Because, you know, you can be natural all you want. And I never really... I've heard of her before, but I never really heard a lot of her roles. Mm-hmm. So I decided to watch uh, one episode of Love, Trudy, or Other Delusions. And she sounded phenomenal. I'm like... That, this girl is a cross between Ryan Reynolds and Brittany Larder, man. Like, that's an interesting comparison. I'm going to watch Love, yeah. Trudy, at some point. It's on my list oh, for Backlog. Okay. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I need to continue. So yeah, Margaret. Uh, I was not sure what to expect, but I think the voice definitely fits. I think it, it was a much more like I think in my mind, the Japanese this character was still very much like a girly girl in my mind, or like a gal girl in my mind. But in English, she's almost like a much more like care carefree, rebellious tomboy and. That is really interesting to me because it's like it's not what I expected, but it works perfectly well for this character, and I genuinely think like it's really interesting. And the, she's very carefree and fun and enjoyable. I like the eccentric. Uh, okay, what is the line when it's like she's trying to comfort her? Uh, oh, I, I wrote it down. It is <clears throat> now come to my bosom, child. I love the delivery there, and I love yeah. the way she signs that. It's like, wait, did you actually find the answer in my boobs? <laughs> it's like, yeah. But it's just like, that. that is something I see this character is, and I really like the dynamic between her and Yuzu. It's like, I would much actually rather a show about these two being like besties and or actually realizing, <laughs> oh shit, I'm attracted to you, instead of hardcore, uh... My sister is my lover, but she's got daddy issues and also the school. And then it did. But I just, now I just want to see like fan art of the two of them in like a spice and wolf situation. 
where uh, which is odd, which is odd because the guy that directed this show is the same director for Spice and Wolf. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is the same wow. director. Completely different studio, but yeah. I never would have ever. Yeah. Also, straight up, this show is much more competently directed and framed <sighs> than I ever expected it to be. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, if I could just point out to one scene in particular, like episode six, the bicycle ride with Mei and Yuzu, there is so much panning and tracking. There is 3D cars moving in tune with the, the hand-drawn animation. Like, there is so much, it feels like it's actually simulating riding a bicycle. Like, yeah, it's way better animated and directed, like said Andrew, than I think I expected from a show of this caliber. Right. Anyways, point is, Margaret McDonald as best girl... I was not sure what I expected. I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised with what I got. You go, girl. <laughs> Gigi, you still with us? I'm here. I'm just thinking about a lot of things that you guys have said that I want to kind of talk about later. Um, but as for Margaret McDonald, um, I honestly, I felt like I had never heard her before. And then I realized she was in a bunch of Sentai shows I didn't watch. <laughs> so she's actually kind of like a veteran. But I also remember that Kristen and Cliff were talking on Twitter about how they were doing open call auditions. And I yeah. wonder if this is what one of them was for. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense because she had or margaret had never done a dallas dub before so to bring somebody up from houston i think was a good choice here um i really enjoyed the performance i thought she was pretty funny and i agree with you andrew i think in the english she very much sounded like kind of like a tomboy best friend which i i loved like i thought it i thought it fits i thought i can't even talk i thought that it fits very well all right. Definitely. So. Hey, so we good to move on? Or you... Oh, are we talking about her, Dia? I didn't get to talk yet. Oh, wait, you did. Oh, sorry. You keep skipping over me. I don't like that. Yeah, I can assure you it's completely unintentional. I, I'm sure. Absolutely sure. <laughs> uh, I have uh, nothing but great things to say about Margaret, especially because um, if we're talking, we're getting into the top three characters here, and I consider these top three characters we're talking about to be like the the heart and soul of the whole show. So I really was hoping that there would be different sounding actresses for all three of them. And luckily with Margaret McDonald, we do. We get a slightly older sounding, more of a actually a bit of a Midwest voice to her, which contrasts with the R two that we're going to talk about coming up soon. But she doesn't only uh, contrast vocally with them, but she also contrasts in personality because she's got like this compassionate wisdom to her that really makes her stand out as someone who is fully in charge. Like you get the sense that Yuzu and Mei aren't really at the wheel driving their own lives. And I kind of get the sense that uh, Harumi is definitely driving this wheel. Like she knows where we're going. She's got like, like she's got her favorite song on the radio and she knows exactly where she's going in life. And I love her. She is absolutely the best character in this whole show. I would not have changed anything about it. And I, I especially, I especially love the way that she contrasts both her, uh, her more fun going personality when she's talking to Yuzu and then how she gets more outspoken when she's being bossed around. Like she doesn't take anyone's shit. But she doesn't let that make her a bitter person. Like, some of these people in this cast obviously have been shaped by the system. She is not. Like, I fully expect her to be, like, CEO of a 
a startup tech company in a few years, making six figures and blowing it all on like awesome trips for skydiving. I'm running out of words too. All right. I think we're all good to move on. Yes. General consensus is Margaret McDonald was very good in this role. And let's hope we hear her in many, many more things. And you've got a fan in me, Margaret. <laughs> so, let's move on to the uh, Ghost of the Show here. Let's move on now to uh, <laughs> the fight wow. to student council president, uh, May I Horror. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> It was going to happen sooner or later. I'm aware, I'm aware, I know. Yeah, she's an honor student, the chairman's granddaughter. She's stern, cold, and often composed. She pretty much closes herself off, and when she does show emotion, she kind of shows it the wrong way, but that's because she doesn't know how to handle those emotions properly. Hmm. Pretty much, first time you meet her, she gives off kind of a bad impression, which causes Yuzu to take an interest in her later on. Oh, so, it's also a bad touch impression, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all, we don't give, wait, wait, wait. all we do is give it... Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me that having the chairman come up to you and stroke your ass on the first day of school is not normal? I would assume not. Oh, dang it. I, no, dumb nuts. Well, you. well, I'm just... Uh, I thought that was normal. Well, shoot. I need to rethink my entire Catholic education. No, it's, it's just a Catholic education thing. Oh, oh, oh okay. Gotcha. Okay, so... You know, when you view this case... from the lens of a Catholic girl's school, suddenly things, like, make a lot more sense, actually. <laughs> but it's not a Catholic school. It's not, you're right. I, I, it's uh, a private institution. Okay, I know that it has nothing to do with this show, like, different studios, different everything, but every this entire show consistently made me have flashbacks to Strawberry Panic. And if you've ever seen that show, then you know exactly I why. I agree and disagree at the same time. But, okay. Whatever. Strawberry Panic was way trashier than this. Also, strawberries are better than oranges. And it was also animated much better than it should have been. Thank you, Madhouse. Yes. But that's entirely for a different discussion. So let's talk about May, yes. shall we? If we keep talking, yes. this recording uh, will go into May. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to give me a birthday present very yeah, me soon. Me too. <laughs> In any case, given the way the story's progressing, whatever the case may be, one thing's for sure: her first girlfriend's gonna be a gal. So, do uh, we have any predictions for me? Get in the box. I you can't I see. It. You can't see. It. I respect yeah. that shitty garbage pun. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you are one of us. One of us. One of us. One of one us. Of us. Speaking yeah, of exactly. one of us, let's figure out who, which one is going to voice this character. Who yes. is going to voice this character? I had three. I had three who could potentially voice um, Mei Aihara. First things first, I wanted to hear uh, a deeper voice, but this is somebody who's done a lot of higher-pitched voices, but I think she could totally do... Deeper, sultrier, because I know she's done deeper and sultrier, Monica Rial. And if we're talking about sultry actresses as well, who could play quiet, reserved, and sexy, Morgan Garrett has done that very well as well. But, as a bit of an interesting choice, I thought Don Bennett 
really could have done this one really well because I was thinking Satsuki from Konohana Kitan would have been a really fitting voice for Mei. And you're making me want to watch that show even more now. Fucking Stop reminding me of shows I would ever cover. Uh, never say never, but... We'll, we'll go rogue, but we'll do like a, a backdoor dub talk channel where we'll like cover everything. LOL. Oh god. <laughs> anyway... You did that to yourself. <laughs> Wink. Okay. Okay. Oh god. Damn it. Can we please keep it together now? I love you, Gigi. <laughs> I just okay. come in with the the zinger. Uh, so my prediction for May um, in the Japanese, I hate May. Like I hate this character. I hate her a whole lot. I think I want to punch her in the face every time she opens her mouth. I thought she was really mean and bitchy, and I just didn't like her. I thought she was very cold. And so the person who I picked for this isn't somebody who I think is mean, bitchy, and very cold, but she did play Tokaku in uh, Riddle Story of Devil, which is like my favorite thing on the face of the planet. Um, so I picked Morgan Berry. Interesting. My wife. So I thought that this could kind of, this would be like an actress that I would really want to see here just so it would make me like this character a little more. Interesting. Okay. Guess I'll go next. So for me, I also went with Morgan Garrett for somewhat of the same reasons. Because I know she she has played a couple of low-key characters before. But uh, my first two come with kind of a story. Because I look at me and Yuzu and I'm thinking to myself, lesbian couples. How many lesbian couples have I seen in anime? More than, you, more than you'd think, but less than you'd hope. But there was one I've seen in a recent season last year. Maybe you've heard of a little show called Attack on Titan. Mm. No, you <laughs> did. I did. <laughs> like, wow. Never heard of it. <laughs> I know. I did. That, that's where you went, huh? You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes, I put Brynn and Elizabeth. Wait, you put, you put I, both of them as me? Yeah, either or could work, really. Because I've heard both of them play low-key characters before. Okay. Okay, I can see Elizabeth, but... Yeah, I okay. can see Elizabeth, too. Okay, cool. Okay. You son of a bitch. And you, yeah. And how about you, Noah? Um, I didn't go quite that far out. Um, I was thinking just someone with a low register that uh, I, I haven't heard as much and would like to hear more of, and that was Afia Yu. Um, not, not for any like particular role I could think of outside of my head, but just because I know that she can reach that uh, that timbre that May is supposed to have. All right. Yeah. In any case, wow, Vogue. Yay! Because cool. who's actually voicing May is Emily Connors. Huh? And if you don't know who she is, you might have heard her in other stuff, such as Belly and Honey Pop, Nozomi Kamenashi and Keijo, Akane Hiyama and Love Tyrant, Bakarat in One Piece Film Gold, Rio Rollins in Rio Rainbow Gate, Ashley Ono is in, in A Sister's All You Need, and Tagori Kadayama from Sugumomo. 
All right. You had to start out with the Honey Pop reference, didn't you? Now, now I'm gonna. That totally throws off my. Uh, that's the only reason. Give why it the cut. She is. Given the content of this show and the content of Honey Pop, of course I would start out with that. Which one? Which, which okay? No, it's a totally Siri? different kind of character. No, no, no. Plus, it's in alphabetical order, so. All right. Oh, of oh, oh, course. So, um, how, should, how do we do this one? Because I think we're gonna have an interesting discussion about May. Well, okay. I'll just, I'll just go ahead. Pop it. I'll just pop it right now. Um, so, you know how I said that I hated May in the Japanese? All right. Yeah. I tweeted this, and this is the character who I was talking about, everybody, when I said, I love when an English dub can make me change my mind 180 about a character. I freaking love May now. Like, mm. just, just the way that Amber performs this, like, it's... I thought the Japanese was so stoic and so bitchy, but like this was like amazing to me. Like I can hear the layers in her performance. Um, she's like it's so sexy. It's very weird, <laughs> not weird in a bad way, but weird comparatively to the Japanese, which I thought she was just a bitch. No, now she's like totally sexy. She's secretive, um, and she's got this angst and this sadness deep inside her. It really made me want to get to know May and get to know all of her facets. When before I just didn't care because I thought this character was just awful and I didn't want to deal with her. But now I was like, oh my god, like. I I really like this now. Like I care. And so that's like the number one thing that you could do as a voice actor is to make me care about a character I didn't like or didn't care about. And she did that in spades. So I am so happy with this. Like you have no idea. I just think that it's off the chain amazing. Gigi, I'm gonna be honest with you. I completely agree. Because straight up, I fucking did not like her at all in Japanese. It's, I, I still have, I'm going to say this. English does not improve my thoughts on the character or what they do. But I think I was able to get the character better in English. Or at least understand that there is supposed to be like sorrow and angst and frustration and like almost like child like a childish naivete and to them while in japanese it was just this aggressive bitchy horny little oh, follows rules by the book kind of bitch but yeah wow i'm saying i am saying bitch a lot i think that's a conversation in of itself but no i i you're right yes. amber lee sounds very very good and i was able to I think, understand what this character is supposed to be. She's cold, distant, predatory, definitely all the things that they're trying to go for, and given it's usually kind of different from what I'm used to hearing Amber pull off, I was pretty impressed. I, like I said, I, I get May better. She's grown on me more. I just don't like her that much. Like, I understand her. I'll say this. Like with Himiko... I understand her, and I get her deal. I just feel there is an excessive amount of, like, baggage to this series that... And hardcore soap opera stuff pretty much all revolves around May's 
tragedy, longing, yada, yada, yada. And it just makes me think that Yuzu could have just chilled with Harumi the whole show. Even if they didn't get together, I just would have been like, if it was just her and Harumi basically just being the rebels at a preppy, like, girls' school, that would have been great. But this is, like, super no, no. shoujo trashy, and it is a soap opera. No, so I get that's what it is. To, like, you have to kind of take that into consideration. Oh, no, no, no. I totally get it, and I totally agree. May is great for what this show wants to be. I just want something else. That's what I'm trying to say. I think May is integral to this show, and she is good for what this show wants to be. Yes. The heart it, wants what it wants, Andrew. I guess. It's just, I want more, cos- I want more like I said, <laughs> stuff like Kase-san than I do stuff like Citrus, I guess. Nah, nah. It's it's silly if understandable. It, it's... Like you, you didn't come. Like, did you come to the show for angst, or did you come for it for fun? I guess I came onto the show because I was like, "What the hell? I'm curious." And then, especially after I saw this cast, <laughs> I'm like, "You know what? I'm really extra curious." And yeah, Amber as May, real good job. And you're right, she does sound sexier. Oh my god, like so sexier. Oh, I, I was like, yeah. "Hello." That's hello. You you shouldn't be entranced by her because she's she's not healthy for you. Oh boy, okay, she is think not. Of, think of the it's characters not... that I like. Oh, okay. now think of May. Okay, that. Uh, Gigi, who is your favorite you... character from uh, Amnesia again? Iki, wasn't it? <laughs> the one who puts you in the cage. And oh, suddenly Toma. the conversation makes sense. And suddenly See, it I makes like... sense. I like predatory people, like, and this is totally what it is. I mean... I think it's an interesting conversation. It's just, I think that's what the discussion comes around for Citrus. Can you get past that or not? Because that... there's there's a lot of things that you guys are not thinking about and because i'm a girl i'll tell you some later but let's keep talking about may and what everybody okay. else thinks of her okay yeah, we'll save that for the final thoughts uh as for me because again i got no two because i think Abba did a pretty good job in this role. i mean she said herself she doesn't really play a lot of low-key characters like anytime i hear like talking whispers and stuff i mean it's not usually dramatic there is some tension there but with May, it's kind of different. Like, you can see, like, there's something going on with her. Like, and she just. Amber helps give off that vibe very well. I mean, one of her favorite things about her is that anytime she opens up a little bit, you see that she's kind of processing things. You know, like, she has emotions and feelings. She just. It's very intense once, but she doesn't know how to handle them properly. I mean, she starts off very stoic and softens up over time. Uh, I really, li- I really like the direction that Kristen took with Abba on this one. I, I, I would love to see more of her in the dub. I mean, only time will tell. That's all I can say. That's true. It, only time will tell. So, no, it's uh, how do I break this down here? Because, okay, um, you know, how I said at the top of this that I like to go into shows and like find the academic themes in a whole series and like get more out of it than just the pulpy uh, 
what you went into it to begin with. Well, May feels like a character study, like a psychologically damaged individual with yeah. who I am enjoying so much discovering what is wrong with her. Because, okay, I'm a person who likes to speak. Obviously, don't make jokes. I mean, in when I want to communicate with other people about emotions or stuff like that, I will use words. May is the kind of person who I have the most struggle, the most problems with in real life because she's a person who only communicates physically. Like throughout the entire show, she can't express herself with words so much as just going up to a person and kissing them or assaulting them or whatever, like to get her thoughts across in a non-verbal sense there. So it was really, I thought it was going to be really hard for the voice actress to portray those emotions without a whole lot of dialogue. And I was really worried that it was going to be like this low monotone, not exciting kind of voice. But Amber does much more than that. It's never monotone. There's a lot of, um, like she has a little bit of uh, a Midwestern dialect to her that gives more color to her voice. Like specifically the way that she says her A's, like I can't replicate it. But if you go back and listen to any of her lines, whenever she has an A sound in her speaking, it's all, it's very different than some, anything else in the cast. And I don't quite know how to describe it, but I like it. It gives more color to her, her portrayal. Soft-spoken and forceful, doesn't trail her words. Like, she speaks, she emphasizes all of her words in a very regal fashion and really portrays all of the many problems that May seems to have. And every scene where we figure out Okay, she's damaged by society, by family, by expectations, by gender, by teachers, by everyone down the list who could damage this woman. I'm enjoying watching that. Doesn't excuse the terrible things that she's doing to Yuzu, but it makes it a lot more, as the as the show described, uh, a school swimming in a sea of raging hormones. Yeah. And, that, and, that's, the, and that's the thing about me, too, because... As you go on through the episodes, like up to episode six, like when you start to understand a bit more of May's backstory, like her her father issues, her <laughs> pretty much her family issues, her the way she expresses herself and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you don't you don't understand it at first when you wa- like watch it from episode one, but as you go further on and you and you learn more, you go back and watch those old other episodes, and it starts to make sense all of a sudden. It's like. Wow, I mean, she, like I said, she has a hard time expressing her true desire, which is why she did what she did. I mean, I don't condone it, but, you know, at least I understand a little why. Yeah, we we could easily have the discussion about whether or not that makes it okay or not, but I think the key thing to get is that the author wanted to portray a character that has problems, is damaged, and makes us actually sympathize with them more than we hate them. Because I didn't even hate this character in Japanese. But I definitely like yeah. her more in English. I think we'll get a little more into that in Final Thoughts, but I think we need to move on now to the uh, titular character herself. <laughs> Ted. Yeah, the sit is, is she? Shut up. No, is she? Yeah, the citrus herself, Yuzu. What is a citrus? Yuzu is a citrus fruit. She Is that what Yuzu means? Yeah, it's a fruit. It's kind of like a lemon. Oh, huh. one, yeah. One of the reasons. Well, yeah, that's all. Yeah. Why did they want to begin with? 
because I wanted to see what you would come up with. I had Honestly, 20 theories written down here to try to figure out what the hell citrus even meant. It was right there. For, <laughs> if I only spoke to oh Japanese, my God. I else there. I all this fucking trouble here researching the backgrounds and the shirt she's wearing and like beauty means wet lily and holy shit. <laughs> Get fucked, get fucked, professor. (laughs) Yeah. My wife is looking at me now in the what is wrong with you face on. Okay, so yeah, Yuzu Aihara, she pretty much takes no crap. She lives her very best. She wears her feelings on her sleeves. She's outspoken, daring, and shameless to some extent. And I love her. She's great. Love Yuzu. Oh, she's yes. so good. Like yes. she is a really good protagonist. I I, I full heartedly say I really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so lovably naive. Yeah, she's like genuinely like sweet and like she doesn't get all the dumb bullshit that comes with like a private girl school. It's just like yo. You know I want to look hot. I don't care. And you do yeah. a spirit animal. You know, honestly, I'm going to go to hell for this, but the thing that she reminded me of the most was that she reminded me of Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony in that episode where they were having her first sleepover, and she's like, I've never had a sleepover before. I want to learn everything. And somewhere right now, Hardy's about to reach across the internet and strangle you. I'm Dear sure. Princess Celestia. <laughs> During my yeah. sleepover, Rainbow Dash decided to kiss me while I was sleeping in my mat. And I'm not sure what somebody that... wrote that fanfic. Please stop. <laughs> Any, anyway, <laughs> when it comes to chasing, <laughs> y'all, y'all. <laughs> God. When it comes to chasing true love, run, Yuzu, run. You can't catch her because she's a lesbian. I was doing a bit for a thing. Jamal, I just want to say. Jamal, thank thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Before we continue, I just want to say thank you, Kristen, for those little notes, especially those isms on your Twitter. And uh, I am so sorry for what's happening right now. (laughs) We're just in it for the lulls. Anyway, sp- speaking of being in it, who do you think? Oh God! Damn it. Wow! Damn you, Andrew! One of us, one of us. We accepted one of us. Let's move on to predictions. All right. Um, I had one prediction for this, and that was uh, based on the fact that um, uh, sunshine personality seems to be what they were going for. So I went with. The original Sunsetto, Alexis Tipton. So understandable. Mm. Oh, oh god, this is funny. <laughs> uh, well, oh. I, I thought this character reminded me a lot of like the sweeter version of Yamada from B Gotta HK, who oh. is also <laughs> my spirit animal. Wow. Oh my also, god. Okay. Also the lesbian version of Yamada. No, I don't know. Um, but I really thought Brittany Karbowski would do a good job here. My low hanging fruit pick was Jamie Markey, 
but then I decided that she wasn't I didn't I didn't want her to go that route like so I liked I liked Brittany Karbowski I wanted to put her as my sweet little best girl Yuzu alright so I had three choices for Yuzu in my mind I had of course uh, Jamie Markey uh, as a safe one um Alexis Tipton, I was also thinking as a much more free form, like cutesy kind of character. And I was also thinking something kind of interesting, kind of different. I really liked her character and the way they sounded in New Game. And I thought, how would they sound as a leading lady in an actual Yuri show? And I thought, let's give Megan Shipman a shot. There's no Yuri in New Game. What are you talking about? Ren and Co. I'm a gay. <laughs> <laughs> I made peace with that, but I'm still slightly New, ticked. New Game, come come for the video games, stay for the lesbians. Mm. As for me, uh... You stay for Hifumi, that's what you stay for. Good <laughs> God. Uh, as for me, uh, I had uh, I had uh, again from uh, May's my predictions for May. I had uh, Brynn and Elizabeth, but I think for this one, I'm just gonna stick with Brynn because I think she would sound more believable as a gal. Uh, as much as I did not want to go to Monica and Jamie, but I did have Jamie Markey on my list. <laughs> You, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to default to Jamie. I'm laughing at. I I did not want that to happen. I'm laughing but, at something you know. else. I'm laughing at the fact that my roommate straight up thought I was reading like my Little Pony fanfiction. <laughs> it didn't quite hit me, but that's actually what happened. I'd like to read my fanfiction called Andrew's Masculinity Factor Fiction. Oh, we fuck. read the fan fiction in the Haikyuu episode, guys. You gotta Let's, come up with Okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I'm just laughing at the fact that that just happened. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I did have like a plethora of actresses, but I think these three are good. And I had Genie Toronto as my last pick because look at the character. Decides like you know you want someone down to earth. And, doesn't have to go overboard, if anything. Okay. Well, As for who's actually playing her, playing Yuzu is, of course, Megan Shipman. Of course. Oh, wow, yeah. Cool. Let's talk about what Megan Shipman has done in the past now, shall we? Yes, she is Sakura Defrag. Chisato in the Disastrous Life of Psyche K. Another Chisato in Sugumomo. She is, of course, Hanamaru from Love, Life, Sunshine. As Andrew mentioned, he's, she's Albert Suzukaze from New Game, Nene Nakarobi from Pandora the Crimson Shell, and Young Tanukichi from Shimonetta. Oh, boy. Uh, Andrew, since you got this right, I suggest you go first. Okay. I thought... She sounds adorable, preppy, and like she's having the time of her life being the cute little Garu by Curious Gal ready to stick it to the man by subscribing to the women instead. God bless Megan Shipman. She's so good as Yuzu. I love her. 
And I'd like to say that my favorite delivery in this entire dub is the part where she's imagining, oh, hey, we're now related to somebody who's really wealthy, <laughs> to which she's just like, sweet, I always wanted to be filthy rich. <laughs> I love the delivery on yeah. that. I'm going to keep it short and simple, but Megan, as you do, mwah, good good stuff she brings this character to life i believe everything about her struggles i believe everything about her desire to want to have fun her emotional conflict dealing with trying to be a sister and a lover which is a another weird thing about the show but but no she's great i really really liked her and she fits in like a glove she's very enjoyable i believe her i believe she is just Yuzu and god damn it one of the best things about Twitter is realizing that ADR director Kristen McGuire can just share all of her little Meganisms when she's recording yes. in the booth. I'm going to check it out now to find some of my favorites Let's 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 keep going before because I can find a couple of these Yeah, one of which I pointed out in the intro mm. Uh, the latest ones that came out while we were recording, um, Kristen, awesome, that was delightfully awkward, uh, Megan, yes, I was acting, I'm not awkward in real life, and another one that just came out, oh no, the tapioca is back, I don't even know what that means, I <laughs> hope not to know what that means, but I will soon enough, let's continue. Yeah, like like you, I believed every I believed every ounce of her struggle from the moment she's just being fussy in Harmin's bedroom to the to the new incest feeling she started to develop to like especially the scene in the manga cafe because I'm like ah oh, yeah yeah I think at some point it didn't sound like it was. Her acting anymore. Like, I wanted to say, like, she's not playing Yuzu, she is Yuzu, but that, that comment would not go over so well. In any, in any case, you know, like, Megan is very sincere with the act. Like, like I said earlier, Kristen knows how to play with the actor's strengths, and Megan was the strongest one I felt really captured Yuzu in the moment. Like, even when you see her, Suzu, like, slapping May, some, slapping some sense into her, I could buy it. Like, I could believe, like, she really stepped into the role. And you just, you're just sitting there enjoying every minute of it. So much so that I'm willing to bet if you look at her headshot right now, she looks kind of like Yuzu as well. <laughs> No, see, that's the the thing about voice acting is that eventually you just start morphing into the characters that you're voicing. Uh, oh no, I just think this was purely coincidental because I remember watching her on Unlocked. She said she was gonna watch this show anyway. And when she auditioned for it, like <laughs> she knew right off the bat she was gonna be used. So no doubt about that. <laughs> and she really kind of liked the aspect of her teenage years because. Yuzu looks to be a bit of a sheltered kid. Let's be honest. Like that's, yeah. that's why she is the that's why she is the way she is now. You know, I mean, when you're an only child, what can you do? I don't even know if I'd say she's sheltered because we understand. That, well, she did. Well, okay, but Yuzu is the kind of person who has read all the magazines, has absorbed all of the culture of dating, 
but has never actually like been a part of it herself. So she's still learning all of this, which is really interesting to watch because the entire naivety of her doesn't come off as someone who is just brain dead on the inside. It legitimately feels like someone who has never gone through the emotions, gone through the highs and lows before, and so doesn't understand that, no, loving your sister in that way is not actually normal. Well, she doesn't, well, she doesn't know what she's doing, and that's, like, exactly. the, one of the best parts about Yuzu is that, you know, in the beginning, like, in the first couple of minutes, she's sitting there talking to her friends from home, and then in the next scene, she's like, oops, I lied, guess what, I've never had a boyfriend before, and mm -hmm. I've never been in love, and they don't really know that, but I've been screwing with their heads the whole time. And then, like, as the anime progresses a little bit, she doesn't know what's going on with May, but then she's playing the same game that May's playing with her because she mm. doesn't know what to do. And she's just reciprocating yeah. in the only way that she knows how. So, I mean, she is innocent and everything, but I don't, I don't think that she's completely, like, doesn't know what she's doing. She's yeah, Mega said that herself as well. Like, you know, I mean, when you're in high school, like, you know, you're not giving all the answers. You gotta learn stuff on your own. You gotta experiment. Uh, Granted, this is not the way. This is not the way to experiment. But what kind of high school did you go to? A public one. <laughs> oh, I went to Catholic high school. No one is surprised. Uh, my, okay, anyway, the, the, po the po point is, is that Megan's portrayal of this is different than I thought it was going to be going into this because I thought that they were going to give her the gal stereotype. I thought they were going to give her the, and then, oh my gosh, we went shopping and hey, it's second place. I, I'm going to uh, make out with my sister. I, I can see why you'd think that because yeah. I know is the Japanese voice of her. It's also the voice of Hotsuru from the Gashikashi, so mm. going off of that, uh, yeah. Well, I would never call her a gal exactly in that show, but no, but she could be like pretty high up there at times. So I'm glad yeah. like Maggie was able to break her back down to earth, you right? Know? And I, I really like that they get. Um, she's got almost an East Coast accent. Like I don't know if I'm. I haven't been to the East Coast in a while, but I got more of a sense of less of a Midwestern voice like a lot of the Texas actors have, and more of like someone from, you know, like the New York State kind of uh, voice to her. Um, and I'm really glad that they didn't give her that cow voice because it, it made it more believable, and it, it also conveyed the idea that she isn't someone who's like so immersed in gal culture that she already talks like that. It's like she's enthralled by it. But she's still just trying it out. Like, that opening scene, like, the very first thing we see of her is putting on the full outfit for school. And we see, in loving detail, the yeah. makeup, the eyelashes, the clothes, all of that. That kind of is supposed to shape the expectation going into it. But, and I'm going to say this is the most positive thing about Megan, is that she sounds really, really good in all of the range of emotions that she has. The show is so full of how I feel moments, a lot of inner monologuing about her confusion, her mixed emotions, her gradual realization that she actually has infection for May. All of that isn't so boring to listen to like a lot of inner monologue can be. I love the flavor that she gives uh, Yuzu's character throughout the whole thing. And I like that the, in the writing, they give her very basic vocabulary. She doesn't use any fancy words 
because she's not exactly a fancy girl. She like when she talks about how she wants to be rich, it's very vernacular. It's all very down to earth, as you put it. So yeah, she runs the gambit between perky to scared, but it's all still the same character. Just every bit of her is a believable portrayal of a high schooler going through her first story of love, which I think what the show is, is that it's a story of first love in a really screwed up world. I love yeah. you. I love Yuzu. I love Yuzu. I do too. She loves you. I love too. Megan. I love Megan playing Yuzu. She's so cute. <laughs> no, but for real though, she did like a phenomenal job. Like I said before, I didn't want to pick the low hanging fruit and predict Jamie Markey for this for the exact reasons that Noah just said. Um, I really, I just think that she gets this rebellious side down she gets the innocent side down she also gets the manipulative side down but i just i feel that there's so many facets to this character and megan shipman plays them all to a t like to the point where we don't know how yuzu's gonna react to something next which is perfect because she doesn't know either so I just I, I want to watch more stuff with Megan Shipman in it because I don't feel like I've seen anything with her in it, basically. Um, but Yuzu, her Yuzu has convinced me to track down some more of her stuff. Um, and yeah. I just Yuzu is best girl. Yuzu is like my spirit animal. I friggin <laughs> love Yuzu. Um, and she's perfect. I'm done now. Mic drop. Oh, yeah, when she drops the mic and straight up like, yo, yeah. that teacher's a creeper and a gold digger. Get his pedo ass the hell out of here. Mic drop. Have a good day. Love your faces. Is- <laughs> <laughs> did, did anyone else think it was... Did anyone think it was slightly hypocritical that she's calling out the gold digging teacher in the same episode where she herself said that she wants to be rich from the new family she's got i think it's a difference from being like oh i actually want this status to it's like oh it'd be cool with the stat oh this would be kind of neat to straight up actually influence it literally it's like the difference being oh it'd be cool to have money to this dude is literally impacting others lives and emotions just to get that money and she's like i don't like that yeah. you creepy yes that is that is wrong that is all kinds of wrong I'm just saying that that's chucked out to me as a little hypocritical. Fair point. Don't, but Yuzu's you, great don't and you, I love her. Don't you try to muscle in on this family and take their money. Let me muscle in on this family and try to take their money. Oh, jeez. But no, she's not that kind of girl. Oh, boy. No. This one's a long one. Let's... What else is there yeah. left to say? In final thoughts. I'll go Thank first you, on this Andrew. one. Uh, my, my thoughts are pretty short on this one, actually, because I think we covered everything really in this. Like, I try to space out my theories about the show throughout this whole episode, and all, it, it's a, it's better than I thought it was going to be. This is, I'm not usually someone who goes for melodrama all the time. Like, I like it in spurts, but I don't expect a lot of depth out of it. And I got a lot more depth from not just the content, but the acting in this. Everyone has distinct voices. Like, no two characters sound exactly alike, which is one thing I really hate in the show. Uh, when they all sound the same. So I'm very glad that Kristen cast lots of different kinds of accents and voices subtle enough to fill out the whole cast. I'm I'm looking forward to watching more of this. Like, this is a show that I will absolutely continue watching. Some shows, like, 
orange that we've covered i didn't follow through all the way through but this is one that i am locked into good job on funimation's casting you guys did really good on this keep up the good work i'm looking forward to seeing how matsuri is going to break everyone's brains all right uh i guess i'll go next just because i Genuinely did not think I was going to be that interested in Citrus in that I watched two episodes sub. Just like I got the gist of it. It was much more hardcore melodrama with very dubious elements than it was what I think I would have liked out of my Yuri stuff. But I definitely found a much newer appreciation with it in English. Absolutely. The cast is phenomenal. The people in charge of this product are phenomenal. And I think they really bring a lot of heart to this show that I myself didn't originally find. I think there's a lot of fun characters in this show, but it's far more of a hardcore soap opera melodrama than I think I personally myself care for, but there's good characters and interesting ideas in that. It just feels odd to me in regards to contrasting certain ideas and all that, but I think the dub's great. And it definitely made me enjoy the show a lot more than I think I would have in the Japanese. So, good on you, everybody involved. It's very interesting that everyone keeps saying that they like it more in English than yeah. it made them like the show more. Well, it's it's true. Like, I think that there's a lot more heart put into the English version of this because of the themes that it has. Because this is a very niche show to start off with first of all it's yuri and to put a straight up yuri show on a simul dub on funimation um other than what yuri kumarashi i can't and that was a weird ikuhara show like i can't off the top of my head think of one that is a straight up yuri show that's been simul dubbed by funimation if, if anybody else can think of one please correct me in the comments or whatever um but, I mean, that's controversial in itself. Another controversial point is the way that um, some people seem to be reacting to the themes and to the actions the characters have in this show. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, I don't think that this is right, what's going on, the way these characters are expressing their feelings in their relationships. Um, I have watched a lot of soap operas. <laughs> I'm a CW junkie, yeah. and I'm not going to deny it. Um, and I will tell you that um, most, if not all, of the stuff that's been happening in this anime with a bunch of girls has happened in soap operas or high school dramas or whatever you want to say it with a girl and a guy. And like the, the backlash just doesn't seem to be there with those. But I feel that for some reason it's here. And that makes me very sad because I feel that because of some of the themes and the actions that the characters are, are doing that people won't watch the show because of it. And mm -hmm. I don't think that maybe in the Japanese it's more portrayed that way because I mean, no, you've watched, I know Kusabi with me. Yeah, we some of the exact have... same themes in Aino Kusabi are here in Citrus. I mean, love is complicated, but let's not blur the lines between consent, I guess. When it comes to I mean, 
but you're i mean they're doing it here everybody's doing it here too and like i just where where are you gonna blur it where is it you know whatever it is is whatever it is for whatever your preferences and your feelings and stuff are but i feel that in the english adaptation it's doing much more of a job to explain why may is acting so predatory why yuzu is acting more in a predatory fashion back to may in some points because she Mm -hmm. doesn't know what's going on i feel that it's being explained more here and therefore has a completely different tone than the japanese one does yeah they're both melodramatic soap operas they're both shoujo trashy stuff that i love but at the same time i'd much rather watch it in english for the writing and the direction let alone the cool voices that are in it because it's doing a better job to explain the um the thought process behind the character's actions i the way so, i mean the way you could justify it is and i know this is a dirty word in some circles but it does not feel like an exploitation like it feels like an exploration but not an exploitation of the content like if you were if you okay you're gonna get out of it the smutty actions that you wanted to and part of that may just be attributed to the fact that the show is better animated than it probably deserves to be so things like that are animated in more loving detail than we expect but it do, it feels also like the characters are exploring these ideas and we're going along for the ride with them right and i feel you get more of a sense of that in the english version which to those who have watched the japanese in subtitled and were like i'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole mm-hmm. Um, I implore you to at least watch the first couple episodes of this in English and see if maybe it'll change your mind a little bit. I don't know. I really think it's excellent. And I really think that um, as of right now, this is my top dub of the year. And I don't I honestly can't think of a new show that's going to come out that's going to change my mind about it. So I, you know, I hold really high standards and you know I don't watch a lot of shows that don't have a ton of boys in them, but I really like the way that this one is being directed and acted and written. So I think it's a kudos to everyone involved and you guys are you're doing the Lord's work. You're doing the <laughs> Lord's work. Put the It's good. I mean, I'm wow. That that's high praise indeed. Don't watch most shows without a lot of boys in it, but this one did it for you. Funimation, put that on the box. Quote Anime Palooza. Really? I want a box quote. Gigi, don't ever sell your show short about how you don't you only watch certain things. You're definitely going into much more dynamic boundaries and genres, and I'm proud of you for it. Well, this is the only simul dub I'm watching this season, and it will continue to be the only one I'm watching because I won't watch Citrus and subtitles anymore. I'm only going to watch it dubbed. So that's fair. Like I just, I just feel there are a lot of themes in this show that are getting very misconstrued, and I exactly. And as a girl, I'm like, okay, well, if somebody's going to push me up against a wall and make out with me, yeah, maybe it's not what I wanted. But then you think back to it and Yuzu, she's like, well, maybe that is what I want. You don't really know, you know, and it's just a lot of conflicting emotions. I don't, you know, I'm not condoning. I'm not condoning any character's actions and I'm not, you know, shaming anyone's actions. I'm just saying that this stuff happens in a lot of media and I feel that this is getting kind of blacklisted, I guess, when it's happening in a whole bunch of other things. So I don't think everybody should make a big deal about it. That's that's just my thing with with Citrus. Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, 
when I first watched the PV for this, I thought to myself, this doesn't seem like your typical Yuri kind of anime. What is this more to it? So, when the sub first came out, I started watching it. I was kind of shocked. I mean, yeah, I understand what was going on, but it's not like I was upset or anything. You know, it's like, why is this happening the way it's happening? You know? I thought to myself, give it some time, just watch more, maybe it'll start to make sense. And I and I realized, I mean, in some ways, love knows no boundaries, but in other ways, that does not mean I condone the actions that go on in the show. I mean, everybody expresses love differently, just some don't, don't always do it. Some don't always do it right. And that's the kind of negative connotation the show gives off, but I think there are people out there jumping to conclusions on this, because I know that there are some people out there who've been waiting for this show for a long while, like our friend and fan Ari, she's been waiting for a couple, for this show for a couple of years, and she really likes the manga to like, to the point I really wanted to pick her brain about this show before I jumped on to host it. And I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to, but at least now I, I'm, I'm starting to get a sense of understanding for the characters, for for the series in general, this is a claim I don't really make often. I'm, I'm actually thinking about looking to get the manga myself because I really want to know more about what happens in the show. And yeah, I know a lot of people turn off the incest. I mean, yeah, so what? I watched Brothers Conflict. You think that phases me? Oh. They're not really sisters. They're not really sisters. Exactly. Thank and you. Because think about to think, be fair, think about it this way. Like they're not really brothers and sister either. J just right. exactly. So just don't tell me about how you want to be my big sister if you, you're like putting a tongue in my ear or something. Just there, there's there's a time and a place, not when you're in the bedroom. Oh, oh, exactly. Th th think of it this way. Think of it this way. If the parents get divorced, are they still sisters? Yes. No. You can't un you can't divorce a sibling. But they weren't really sisters to begin with. Boy, we are going into some ethical stuff that is going into over yeah. my head. Okay. In any case, in any case, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, pretty much don't don't judge a book by its cover. Just just wait out. Give it three episodes, and then if you don't like it, alright, fine, you don't like it. But that's your choice. I mean All I'm saying is just don't don't jump to conclusions just because there's, you know, two girls love each other and they happen to be stepsisters, okay? There's more to it than that. It's not like a show like That's His Old Trap or other shows that will remain nameless because, let's face it, those, the shows that try to employ those concepts really kind of suck, to be honest. Well, it's, we're not, we're, uh, we're, just watch Kase-san. That's my recommendation, <laughs> just... Just read Kase-san. Yeah. If there's one thing you take away about my opinions is I want you to read Kase-san. Yeah, I mean... I mean the yeah, just just make a judgment for yourself. I mean, don't be don't be one of those people who slander this kind of show. Because, you know, a lot of people really like the show and so do I. And that's what, uh, opinions of media are subjective and everybody thinks differently. Well, the thing... Exactly. And I just hand on one last thing. Like you said, Jamal, this a lot of people are liking this. And one thing that Megan talked to us a bit about when we uh, saw her at A-Fest was that some pe 
every show, every show that comes out is going to be at least one person's favorite. And the high praise I can give to Kristen, Caitlin, and the entire team is that they treat this with the respect that some it does not disrespect anyone who picks this as their number one show. If you can take a show with the line, we're sisters now, it shouldn't be weird to take a bath together, and have it played straight and emotionally sincere, that is a high skill set to let me correct let me correct you there it wasn't played straight you bastard okay to wrap to to, let to wrap this up a show that deals with themes like these i hope it opens other avenues for funimation to dub shows like these hopefully we get some more made like that like kase-san yeah and Kase-san. I wish it wasn't Pony. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much shows. Gonna dub BL. Exactly my point, you know what I mean? If they could dub a show like this with little to no fan service, you could dub a boys love show pretty much in the same respect. But we should really wrap this up. We are out up. of time. We, they're kicking us out of the booth. We should wrap this up. Yeah, so if you were interested in seeing the dub for Citrus... Episodes are currently available on the Funimation Now service, which is at 6 at the time of this recording. First two episodes are available for free, but the rest are behind the subscriber paywall, which if you're interested in subscribing, they do have a 14-day free trial. You can use watching your simuldubs and home video releases. But fair warning, if you don't like the service or don't want to continue after the 14 days, cancel as soon as possible since a credit card is required and they will stop pouring money from your account. As for the show itself, the sub can be found on Crunchyroll as part of the Funnyroll partnership. You can watch with or without a subscription. Just know without a subscription there will be ads and the latest episode will be a week behind the subscriber paywall. In addition, if you want to check out the behind the scenes content, uh, which is called Kristen Citrus Dub Actor Focus, or I like to call Citrus Extra Pulp, you can check it out at Chris Comics on the Anime Unlocked app. Just a side note, it's currently available on iOS only. Give us an Android app and I'll act... Seriously, straight up. Give us an Android app soon. We could sponsor. We could work out some sponsor stuff. I'm down for that. And there's no playlist function. You have to swipe to cycle through videos. But if you're interested in seeing any of us and the crazy shit we get up to online... Go ahead and plug yourself. Uh, my name is Andrew, otherwise known as Classy Spartan, otherwise known as at Mongaman9000 on Twitter. You can f- see me over on Podcast ONA at Surreal Resolution, where I talk more general anime news and all that jazz. I am also a moderator for the Funimation Discord server and the Funimation forums. Also, I do this with you guys. <laughs> Yeah. My name is Gigi. You can follow me on YouTube and Twitter at Anime Palooza, where I post videos on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays about cool merchandise stuff that I buy and Udapri Shining Live, and I mostly talk <laughs> about boys, which I barely did in this podcast, so yay me. I'm proud of you. Thanks, boo. Love you too. Love your face. <laughs> if you're interested in anything that I no clue am doing, um, well, uh, encourage me to do something with my YouTube channel, which is Journey Traveler. I've been uh, scheming stuff for a while, but full-time job and full-time parent husbandhood uh, takes a lot of my time. But I always try to find time to post on Twitter, which is at Noah Clue, uh, ranting about the world of animation, about how 
the best movies did not ever win the Oscars. Can we just talk about the bullshit uh, best animated feature categories every year? Let's save that for another day, though. I want a rat. I want a rat. We've ranted long enough. Down. Secret of Kells was robbed in 2009. I know Up was a good movie, but it wasn't that good. All right, I'm about to go old yeller on your fucking ass right now if you don't shut your butt. As for me, shut you YouTube. As for <laughs> did you just fucking God damn, Lisa, may I have another? <laughs> oh my god. As for me, I mean, sister, and the first channel, I can be found on my other channel, Jabstar One. I can also be found on Twitter, Jabstar Five Two Nine. I have a blog that's offline at the moment. As for the podcast itself, we can be found here on YouTube under the name Dub Top Podcast. We're also found on Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, and now Twitch by the same name. <sighs> so, yeah. Any final words before we sign off? I spent three hours talking about this. I want to go to bed and go to bed in my own bed and not just put this girl who I've never met before in a, like, queen-size bed and just be like, oh, you'll get along, <laughs> right? Can I come? <laughs> that was the part that I loved the most, like the little, aw, now you guys can share a... You don't have to use a futon. You can sleep in the same bed together. Aren't She's... I the best mother ever? She's Awkward. so sincere and loving about it. She just doesn't get that, like, her kids are horny on Maine. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad that phrase Thanks has entered no the lexicon now. I gotta go to bed. Uh, In my own uh, bed. Okay, with no one else. Yeah. I have so, a hot girl in bed with here. me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub yeah. it in our face, whatever. Rub it in, rub it in. All right, I've had enough. I've had enough rubbing for one night. Okay. <laughs> Horny. So, from all of us here at Dub Talk, we wish you a good night, and Otaku on. Otaku on, and do not Your actually faces. put your sister to the test. Okay. Don't Fix, if keep you it think incest is best. Put your sister to the test. God Yay, <laughs> citrus. Oh my god! I knew That's somebody was this. gonna say it. Good night. That's what we do. That's how you end. Good night. Good night, everybody. Keep it gay. <laughs> every day. Keep it gay every day. Any way that I say. And at night or any day. I should probably. How many words rhyme with gay? Sorry.